believe it or not, this may come as a surprise to many of you, but uh, CNN actually ran a segment where one of their personalities, Anna Navarro, accused Ron DeSantis of cheating. And you know what she said he did to game the system? Arrested people committing voter fraud. I kid you not. She said he arrested people committing voter fraud, prayed him around, created an election police. He gamed the system. And it's like, wait, wait, you're saying you, you on CNN are saying that the governor arrested people committing fraud and then he won. And that's why you think he won. I do not think she realizes what she is saying. And that is not the dig she thinks it is. But we'll, we'll, we'll play this and then we'll talk all about that. We, uh, we also have a lot more results coming in. I suppose good news, uh, literal good news, I guess, for uh, conservatives and Republicans. Lauren Boebert has taken the lead. So it's looking like she's probably going to win. Almost all the votes are in. We'll see. We will see. And then uh, uh, things are still very, very tight in the Kerry Lake race. She went down a little bit. about 15,000 votes down. We'll get into all that stuff. And of course, how can we forget? Alex Jones has just been ordered to pay an additional $473 million. So he's got to pay like $1.4 billion. It's just, it's just not, it's just not real money. Those those aren't real numbers. That money doesn't exist anywhere. But of course, that's how it's been going. And that's how it will continue to go most likely. So we'll talk all about that. Before we get started, my friends, head over to TimCast.com, become a member and uh, sign up. Join us and you can check out all of our members only shows. We'll have a members only show coming up for you at about 11 p.m. And uh, you know what we're going to do? We have these little post-it notes that Milo made because he was criticizing us about the, you know, uh, we're restricted by YouTube's rules. So I thought it'd be really cool if we send one of Milo's post-it notes that he wrote about censorship. He wrote like certain things you can't say on YouTube and they're really funny with like sad faces and stuff. So what was that? That wasn't me. What was it? Not me. Weird. Anyway, we're going to, somebody who comments, you know, we're going to go through the comments on the members only videos, and then we're going to pick some, some people at random and just be like, hey, we want to mail you one of Milo's little notes on censorship because we think it's actually really funny. It'd be a cool thing to do for you guys. And I, I figure, you know, we'll probably do more stuff like that where we can send you stuff that, you know, from the show, things that, you know, guests give or leave behind, signed stuff would be really cool. So if you want one of Milo's post-it notes that talks about what YouTube bans, you can get it. Uh, if you're a member, we'll, we'll get that sorted. And uh, I do want to say, this is it. This is the last promo that we have for you. We have a song called uh, Genocide, Losing My Mind. You can find out more at losingmymind.com. Listen to the song, buy the song on iTunes. It really, really does. It's 69 cents on iTunes. And we're hoping to smash into the Billboard Hot 100. We will see. And it's a big ask. But I would love it if the media was forced to write about how we are criticizing them. When we put out a press release in the first song, they just basically told us F you. And I, I read some of the, the comments that these journalists wrote us, like just insulting us and saying F you. And it was like the song totally wasn't political. Okay, so this one's totally political. It's directly insulting the media. We have them singing for us about how they're liars trying to manipulate you. And then we put out a press release that overtly was insulting towards them. And now it would just be really awesome if we hit the uh, nail on the head and got to chart and they, had, they were forced to either write about it or pretend like they don't know it exists. So with your supports, listening to the song on YouTube, buying it on iTunes, Genocide, Losing My Mind by TimCast. Uh, don't forget to smash the like button, subscribe to this channel, uh, share the show with your friends. Joining us tonight to talk about all of the news and more, we have CJ. Hi. Who are you? I am CJ um, of, I guess, the Deplorable Choir, and I'm the president of the Real Women's Club. 
that's that's me. All right, right on. And we also have Chad Prather. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, host of the Chad Prather Show, aptly named on the Blaze. And uh, you are a real woman. That's good. You are the vice president. I, am I, if, if, if we determine that, you are the, the vice voted? president of the Real Women's Club. Heck yeah. There you go. It's got to get me some clout on the street somewhere with <laughs> real women everywhere. That's right. I love it. Right on. We also got Luke. I, I hear that's trendy and very popular, especially in places <laughs> like New York City. Anyway, my name is Lukadowski here of We Are Change.org. I have one important lesson for you guys, and that is that you cannot comply your way out of tyranny. It was true during COVID. It's true now, and it's true throughout all of recorded human history. If you agree, you could get the shirt on thebestpoliticalshirts.com because you do. That's why I'm here. Splurge, how are you? I'm Surge.com. Doing well. Glad you're doing well. As well. Uh, glad you're doing as well. See you. All right. You, you knew it was going to happen. Here's the first story we have for you. I have to pull this one up. I heard this. Uh, so it's a tweet from End Wokeness. Anna Navarro goes full election denier on CNN. This you have to hear to believe, but of course you'll believe it. Uh, here we go. Yes. I told you he was going to win bigly. Mm-hmm. But listen. Ron wait, wait. I got, I'm sorry. She said he's going to win bigly. Trump actually made that word a thing. Anyway, let's play it again. Yes. I told you he was going to win bigly. Mm-hmm. But listen. Ron DeSantis barely won in 2018 by 35,000 votes by the skin of his teeth against a black progressive little known mayor from Tallahassee, Florida. It didn't. Yesterday, he won by 20 percentage points. Why? Because he gained the system because he turned Florida into an unlevel playing field. They changed election laws, making it harder to vote by mail. They paraded uh, a bunch of people, black people that they arrested for uh, voting fraud and paraded them in front of national media. He created an election police. He also, I told you he was going to. He created an election police. He paraded people who were arrested for fraud. He made it it harder to vote by mail. They call that cheating. It's kind of crazy to me when I first heard this because she's basically saying like, if you stop people from committing fraud, Republicans will win. I'm like, uh... Is that the message you were going for? Because that's what she said. That's crazy. Essentially. I mean, after 2000, Florida decided to invest a lot of their money into voting because there was a big problem there in 2000. And this year they banned mail-in ballots. They banned ballot harvesting. They they have voter ID laws. And they also created a police force, which uh, I think I think was pretty interesting. But when we look at Florida, they were able to count 99% of their votes by midnight. They were able to do a quick and effective job at it, unlike Arizona, unlike a lot of other states that that can't even count votes. So I I think it's pretty fair to say that what they did in Florida was right. I think they they made sure that people were voting who they were voting for and made sure that there wasn't any kind of theft or any kind of shenanigans going on. And I think that's one of the reasons why DeSantis had such a big victory. And someone needs to tell those ladies there's a whole bunch of people trying to escape the blue states that the policies they vote on made them need to escape to Florida in this vote for DeSantis. You ever, you ever look and see just how many influencers have now gone to Florida? All so of them. Dave Rubin's in, what, Miami now? Luke was there, but we snatched him back. I'm going to come back, back eventually, I think. We'll but, see. But look at all, I mean, and, you know, forget the fact that, you know, Anna Paulina Luna, she won her district. But you've got so many folks that are there now. Uh, and again, if you look at the, what did he win by against Gillum? Like 1.8%. And now this was a massive blowout. So you see, see, see the interpretation when I, that I take away from Anna Navarro is this, what they're not looking at is the fact that Ron DeSantis put in policies that actually worked. 
made the state free, made the state great. People liked it. There were a lot of people who didn't like Ron DeSantis to begin with, maybe didn't vote for him four years ago. But this time they said, you know what? This guy, he's, he's done it right. Let's put him back in. He barely won last time. Exactly. He, he won by, what, 30,000 votes? It barely. Was, it, was an, it was an extremely close race. And now, how much did he win by? What, what is it? 1.1 1. 1 million 1. votes? Yeah. 1.5. 1. 1.5 million votes. That's, that's a lot of votes. Trump didn't like it. He, no, obviously. Ron DeSantis, <laughs> he was angry at that. Ron DeSantis flipped Tampa and Miami. These Huge. are I mean, it's just it's it's a it's apocalyptic for, for, for the Democrats in the state. To to turn a city to a Republican majority is just it's just insane. Yeah. That's amazing. No, that's that's the thing. You know, as Texans, we get frustrated with Greg Abbott because Greg Abbott often gets lumped in as a good conservative governor, and he's not. Uh, and, he waits to you know, see what Ron DeSantis does. Well, the difference between him and Ron DeSantis is Ron DeSantis does it, and then five days later has a press conference about it and talks about how he's already curb stomped everybody down and done, and it's working. And then you got a Greg Abbott who's like, a, you know, putting his finger in the air to see which way the wind's yep, blowing yeah. and putting a poll out there, and he says, "Oh, we're going to do that too, aren't we?" Bold, and then he never does it. <laughs> well, exactly. Did you hear Ron DeSantis? Um, his speech he gave that night I swear I was wondering if that was a swipe at Abbott because he said he mentioned all the people that just poll before they make decisions and he said he makes decisions I said that's Abbott Greg Abbott spends $25,000 a week on polls he doesn't make wow. a single decision without polling. Wow. You can't tr- trust a politician like no. that. And you can't try to trust a politician at all, in my opinion, and my perspective. But we saw this also during COVID specifically with Ron DeSantis making a lot of the bigger moves that were criticized by the corporate media. And then only later on, if DeSantis was able to survive the storm, did Texas implement those same kind of policies. And 100%. I think COVID is the biggest thing that a lot of uh, people are paying attention to. And that's what really sets him aside from Donald Trump that had the opposite approach of what Ron DeSantis did. And when Donald Trump was criticizing Sweden because they didn't lock down. Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com carlson. I'm talking big money items like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com slash carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. carshield.com slash carlson. That's carshield.com slash carlson. Florida was was not locking down as well. Well, all you got to do is look at this, the busing the illegals to these cities, okay? All you got to look at it as a microcosm of everything else. So Greg Abbott was doing that. He was sending them to Washington, D.C., sending them to New York City. And, and again, I, I've never approved of let's take illegals deeper into the interior of the country. That becomes a problem. But he was doing that to try to make a point. He was doing it over and over again. And Ron DeSantis sends 48 illegals to Martha's Vineyard. And over a course of, what, 36 hours – makes all the headlines all the news because he sent them strategically <laughs> to the right place it wasn't new york it wasn't washington dc where they could just blend in and quote assimilate no M- martha's vineyard where he knew they were going to stand out more than anybody else and it was effective it was effective it got more people talking about it, it was the ultimate troll uh using 
human beings, which is an unfortunate situation, but but look at the attention it garnered. Yeah, it, it was unfortunate when, because Martha's Vineyard was bigoted and kicked them out. They sure That's did. why it was unfortunate. And, stood and, there then with they, their... and then they still <laughs> patted themselves on the back for like yeah. handing out blankets or something. Gave yeah. them a Pop-Tart and said, uh, you know. Here, uh, they gave adios, them a... <laughs> amigos. Bye-bye. They gave them a $50 gift card. Yes. <laughs> when Joe Biden was trafficking, uh, was, was, was flying around these, these kids, and he probably still is, they, yeah. they, they kept lying and saying it wasn't happening. Then video comes out out of Westchester, New York, where this guy's like, if the American people found out what we were doing, then you get video coming out of, I think it was Tennessee, where they're like, yep, the Biden administration is flying these, these illegal immigrant children into various parts of, of this country. Then you had that statement from that sheriff in Ohio, where he said, ICE would be like, hey, can you hold these guys temporarily for us while we're, we're processing? They go, yeah, for sure. And then they ghost them, just yeah. leaving them there in Ohio. All of that was Okay. Ron DeSantis sends one time, 48 people, and it was the apocalypse. It was it. Yep. And listen, if you go down, anybody that's a denier of that, and again, I, for those who don't know, I, I ran in the primary against Greg Abbott. I ran in the Republican primary against Greg Abbott for governor of Texas. All right. It was a, I have no political clout, no desire to be a politician, but everybody thought it was a joke. They thought it was a publicity stunt. 19 months later, they knew I was serious. We did what we did. And it was an educational thing. We got people involved in the primary that had never been involved before. You go down to McAllen, Texas. You go down, you stand in the airport, and you look around. You will literally see hundreds of illegals walking around with the manila envelope on the outside of it, printed in English, says, I do not speak English. I need you to help me get to my gate. You don't know what's inside of the papers or the envelope other than papers that say we have a ticket to go wherever we want to go in the country. It's happening. They're moving them all over the country. Look at that right there. Oh. I mean, a, and if you and listen, my friend, my friend Weston Martinez that ran for uh, land commissioner, he carries in his pocket a a pile is that of an those identity? IDs. Is this one of these cards right here? He he carries a pile of them in his pocket at any a given fake. time, and they're all Haitians that are coming through the southern border. They that's were displaced a, after the the hurricane or the earthquake. That's a fake ID that was left here by Lord Miles Rutledge wow. on his travels. He was on the border. He said, "There's tons of them." He had a stack of them. He was like, "Here, I'll leave this one." Yeah. They, 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 you they can go down to the you can go down the Rio Grande River. I mean, you will find there's stacks of those. That's wow. what I said. Yeah. Well, and the funny thing is, is like you know they're going to try to they well like I said they pat themselves on the back for welcoming welcoming them, but they don't even understand the bigger reason why you want the border closed is not only for us because we can't house them just like you couldn't in Martha's Vineyard, but it's also completely dangerous. Like there's been record numbers of illegal aliens die this year under the Biden administration. It's unsafe for them, too. It creates crime here. But if you have a heart for illegals, which I always am trying to appeal for the well, to people and telling them why I, we want I, the border closed. But I, I, I want to point this out, too. Um, I just went and saw Wakanda Forever, Black, <laughs> Black Panther 2. I told you guys about it. I don't want, I'm not going to spoil it because I know a lot of people may want to go see it. I thought the movie was enjoyable. And it was also one of the most ex extremely racist films. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's crazy. The, the first Black Panther was... A, an ethno-nationalist versus like an ethno-supremacist. That was the first Black Panther. The reason I'm bringing this up in this context, because I will give you guys a little bit of a spoiler. The movie was basically like, I, I don't want to spoil too much, but it was an extreme racist stereotype about uh, um, Mexican illegal immigrants. And that's the funny thing. When you were telling me, I thought it was going to be like blacks against white or, or, or dominant paradigm kind of thing. It, it totally, that's a turn I didn't expect. Yeah, if you watch the trailer, you will see that there's two characters. There's, uh, you know, uh, T'Challa has passed away. That's, that's in the trailer. Everyone knows that because Chadwick Boseman passed, to rest in peace. And uh, in the movie, you have Wakanda, this African nation, and then Namor, who is another Marvel character, is basically a Mexican guy. He, he's, he's Yucatan Mayan, 
So they have a lot of Mexican, you know, heritage and symbols and stuff. And this is what the movie's about. If you watch the trailer, you can basically understand without me spoiling anything that um, I, I, I can't get into it without spoiling a key component of the film. But holy, was it like an overt message about Mexicans and South American illegal immigrants? And yeah. I was just like, yikes, man, like that. Wow. And I'm sure a bunch of woke people are going to are going to celebrate it. Oh, for sure. But I just had to bring it up because I just saw it, and it's like on my mind. But I it, wish I could spoil it. It'd be, it's, it'd be so good, but I can't. I was like shocked when you told me. Yeah. It was, it was wild. <laughs> Did you see it? No, I didn't see it. I just I didn't see talk it. about it. I came yeah. in like we were, we were in the car coming back from, from it, and just like that whole movie, oh, man, I can't, I can't spoil it. I just wish I could. But it's it, wild. It's wild. It's, it's wild. like Donald Trump is probably sitting there pointing his finger like that Leonardo DiCaprio, like that, that, yeah. that. Can it, you, do y'all ever follow? There's a guy on uh, Instagram. I follow his. He, he takes the old like uh, Justice League comics. His name's Ace Vane. He, he takes the old oh, Justice League comics that. and he does the voiceovers. Yeah, yeah, I think I've seen But that. but it's like he's black, right? And he's mm-hmm. it's very yep. much you know. So so they capture Aquaman, and I'm not going to give this away. I'm going to do this creatively. <laughs> they cap- capture Aquaman. They got him in a, like a, a cage. And he's like, oh, I'm going to do some medieval shit on this dude. And, and he's like, what are you going to do to him, man? He goes, I'm going to drown him. <laughs> <It's> like, what? <laughs> so you, you telling me that story reminded me a little bit of that. And of course, yeah. I just, when, you, when folks see the movie, they'll know what they're doing exactly. Six months, you can reveal it. We, we, it's, just, it's crazy that we've got, uh, in politics, the border is such a big issue. And then you literally have this, mo- this movie. I'll, I'll, I'll say this thing. I'll say one thing. It's not a spoiler. It's in the trailer. In the trailer, there is a scene showing the, the, the Mexican water people entering Wakanda. And so you get the point. I, I'm not going to spoil it. That's in the trailer. That's <laughs> in the trailer. Enough, yeah. But like the ending was just like they may as well have come out and just started spitting racial slurs. I was just like, <laughs> it's funny, though. I bring it up just because it's, a, it's such a big political issue. And like woke people have been celebrating Black Panther, like the first movie, as this like great triumph of diversity or whatever. And I'm like, it's just one of like the whole thing is racial ra- racial stereotypes. This is not a spoiler; it's just a scene in the movie. The the the, the Wakandans are are are, contro- are using computer controls by by banging on drums. And I was just, <laughs> I'm like, it was just way over the top, way over the top. No just, condom forever. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's do this. Let's jump to uh, the next big story. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't already heard, Donald Trump is going, uh, what does Curtis say? Postal on Ron DeSantis. All right. I'm going to read for you the, the statement from Donald Trump. He writes, News Corp, which is Fox, the Wall Street Journal, and the no longer great New York Post, bring back coal, is all in for Governor Ron DeSanctimonious an average Republican governor with great public relations who didn't have to close up his state, but did, unlike other Republican governors, whose overall numbers for a Republican were just average, middle of the pack, including COVID, and who has the advantage of sunshine, where people from badly run states up north would go no matter who the governor was, just like I did. Ron came to me in desperate shape in 2017. He was politically dead, losing in a landslide to a very good agriculture commissioner, Adam Putnam, who was loaded up with cash and great poll numbers. Ron had low approval, bad polls and no money. But he said that if I would endorse him, he could win. I didn't know Adam. So I said, let's give it a shot, Ron. When I endorsed him, it was as though to use a bad term, a nuclear weapon went off. Years later, they were the exact words that Adam Putnam used in describing Ron's endorsement. 
He said, I went from having it made with no competition to immediately getting absolutely clobbered after your endorsement. I then got run by the star of the Democratic Party, Andrew Gillum, by having two massive rallies with tens of thousands of people at each one. I also fixed his campaign, which had completely fallen apart. I was all in for Ron and he beat Gillum. But after the race, when votes were being stolen by the corrupt election process in Broward County and Rod was going down 10,000 votes a day, I sent in the FBI and the U.S. attorneys and the ballot theft immediately ended just prior to them running out of votes necessary to win. I stopped his election from being stolen. And now Ron D. Sanctimonious is playing games. Wow. The fake news asks him if he's going to run if President Trump runs. And he says, I'm only focused on the governor's race. I'm not looking into the future. Well, in terms of loyalty and class, that's really not the right answer. This is just like 2015 and 16, a media assault collusion when Fox News fought me to the end until I won. And then they couldn't have been nicer or more supportive. The Wall Street Journal loved low energy Jeb Bush and a succession of other people as they rapidly disappeared from sight finally falling in line with me after I easily knocked, knocked them out one by one. We are in exactly the same position now. They will keep coming after us, MAGA, but ultimately we will win, put America first and make America great again. This has to be one of the cringiest things I've ever heard from Trump. And it's sad. It's very, very sad. Ron DeSantis didn't say anything about him. Trump comes out after Ron's double digit 20 point victory and then is just for no reason insulting Ron DeSantis. Yeah, it's kind of a little pathetic. It's it's a sign of weakness, you know, because you're, 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 what he's doing is essentially spreading division. And his comments began with COVID because that's one of, again, one of the strongest talking points against Donald Trump and where the two are the most different. Donald Trump told everyone to lock down, said we need 14 days to slow the spread, got Dr. Fauci to, to bark out orders, told everyone to listen to Dr. Fauci, launched Operation Warp Speed, told everyone to take the vaccine when DeSantis didn't lock down. He didn't have any mask mandates in his states. And he told people, hey, if you want to take the vaccine, take it. But it's up to you and your doctor to make those decisions for yourselves. That's the biggest difference there. And I think this is why Donald Trump started by talking about COVID and his kind of unhinged attacks against DeSantis when it could have been a moment of congratulations. Like, hey, DeSantis, you did great. Uh, I hope other people in the party do great as well. Maybe we should work together. But, I mean, but we don't have any of imagine that. Imagine if he said... Instead of insulting Ron DeSantis, if he said, I remember when Ron DeSantis came to me and said, I need your support. And I said, Ron, you're a good guy. You have great policies. I am going to be there for you. And now we see just how successful he's become. Imagine if he just said that, said, I was proud to stand with Ron DeSantis and I'm proud now to see his success. I'm glad that I, I threw my weight behind him when I did, because now we're seeing a true star that would have come mm. off as strong. Yeah. Well, and I think so many people followed Trump and they were hoping to see more candid candidates like Ron DeSantis pave way and do the same bold, outspoken stuff that Trump did. And then so when you have him, he actually knocks him down. It's actually... <laughs> From somebody who loves Trump, I don't like to see that. You want as many Trumps. You want a whole movement. I mean, if you're a part of that MAGA movement, you want more and more of that. And you who, don't yeah. want just Trump. Exactly. What happens when you're gone, Trump? You want to, you know, bring up a whole other generation of politicians that are going to be bold, that aren't going to be, you know, kissing media butt. And so you get someone like that in Do Ron DeSantis, and then he... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and, and Trump, but but Trump is up there when it comes to to age, and there's a, there's an opportunity there to to to, to help people to to build and grow. But but that's not what we have here. Well, so. let, let me let me piss everybody off. So we don't need another eighty year old president. 
We don't. Okay. Now, I supported Trump. Now, when I, I didn't understand Trump 2015, but when I walked into the voting booth, there were two boxes. There was Hillary Clinton and not Hillary Clinton. I checked the one that said not Hillary Clinton. Uh, and we wound up with Donald Trump. Now, again, I, he converted me. I, he brought me over. I, I, I could see through the, the stuff. I could see through the, if you will, the comedic timing that he has, which is really pretty damn good. Uh, but he was anti-establishment. I think a lot of people love that. They love that aspect about him. He wasn't one of those bought and paid for 50-year politicians as, we, as we've become used to. And people will make the argument. They'll say, well, without Trump, there would be no DeSantis. And maybe that's true. Maybe that's true. Without Trump, maybe there's no Lauren Boebert. Maybe there's no Marjorie Taylor Greene. But that's the whole Green. point. Like, yeah, Trump exactly. should be like, yes, look at all these people I've brought up versus right when they succeed. I mean, you, that's Trying no different. That, yeah. yeah, it's like obviously he's threatened by him, which is stupid. Well, he it, even it, said he... You start to look like, and everybody says, well, it's 4D, 5D, 18D chess, right? It, it, Trump knows all. He walks on water, right? He's the savior. He's the messiah. I get it. Yep. Everybody's knee deep in this cult Did you know that of personality. Uh, Donald Trump, the name, it means herald of the world ruler no <laughs> so donald but it sounds is, like it should donald is uh, i'm so i'm 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 being a little um editorial with it but trump means like the trumping sound of the declaration right and donald means world ruler and, and, and listen i i was sitting with donald trump jr the night i cj and i the night i decided i was going to run for governor oh, and, and i sing songs about trump like, i mean you I love sang him. at trump rallies i love him we've been around i mean obviously the point is we've put our support well the point is is what i'm scared of is he actually it's okay it works when you do it to ted cruz i mean we love ted cruz but you know he's not likable you know (laughs) (laughs) it works it works we all get a kick out of it but when you go after somebody that's done so much for america it's like it's gonna rub your fan base the wrong way and the other day i guess it was yesterday on truth Trump said, now that the election in Florida is over, everything went quite well. Shouldn't it be said that in 2020, I got 1.1 million more votes in Florida than Ron D got this year, 5.7 million to 4.6 million, just asking. So I tweeted it this morning. I mulled over it for 24 hours, and I said, dumb. Uh, Trump's ego getting in the way again, and there's literally no justifying a move like this. Now, psychologically, I, I agree with you, Tim. I don't think there's any way you look at this. It becomes cringy. People that want to see two heroes come together and say, let's be a powerhouse. But, but remember that meme that it was the Babylon Bee that wrote an article that said, ingenious move, Trump supports impeachment, forcing Democrats to oppose. You remember that Babylon Bee article? Yeah. Yeah. And then they just wrote basically, you know, Democrats now had no choice. You see, this is my favorite uh, conspiracy theory here. Donald Trump. These last few years have not been easy on our economy. And with tax season finally arriving, there will be millions of hardworking people and businesses that could struggle even more due to the IRS working against them and pocketing profits for themselves. America First Tax Group can help put an end to your worries. Just one phone call to 800-431-5684 and you'll be in touch with America First Tax Group, a full-service tax company that'll fight the IRS's predatory tactics and put you on the path to financial freedom. Their experts can help you or your business with any tax-related problems you may have, from dealing with your back taxes to granting you access to tax relief and much more. Don't wait. Get in touch with America First Tax Group today by calling 800-431-5684. That's 800-431-5684. Or visit AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. Again, 800-431-5684 or AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. Knows 
no matter what he does, they will they will take the opposite side of it. So Trump starts going after DeSantis. So all the never Trumpers, all of the moderates, all and, and many Democrats are going to be like, screw you, Trump. I like DeSantis. Yeah, that's wild shit. But see, I, see, I can see it. Trump is I'm, I'm kidding. Honestly, I think Trump has got an ego yeah. and he's mad that DeSantis is doing so well because he wants to run. But uh, we can just imagine that Trump is actually so noble. He's willing to sacrifice his <laughs> own image. God, I wish. To force it. <laughs> I wish. No, would be very listen, genius. I, listen, it, we, look, we talked to Trump Tuesday night, right? So we're sitting there. We did our panel discussion on the blaze. Sarah Gonzalez, Glenn Beck. We're all sitting there. And we had Trump for 15, 20 minutes, right? And, and three times Glenn asked him, he said, hey, you know, you're, when you announce on the 15th that you're going to run for president, Trump ignored the question till the third time. And finally, he's, quite honestly, you're going to love what I got to say. You're going to love it. You're going to appreciate what I'm going to say. You're going to love it and it's like your assumption is yeah he's going to announce that he's running for president i can't in a million years imagine that yeah. he's going to say oh, i'm going to throw all of my power and my weight behind Ron DeSantis. who look i have no doubt i have no question i mean even i'm not going to quote roger stone but even roger stone told me one time he's like i don't trust Ron DeSantis. he's too establishment maybe he is too establishment but I'll tell you, the guy's done a hell of a job. Yeah. But when, when Donald Trump criticized uh, Ted Cruz, there's legitimate things to criticize Cruz on. What is he criticizing Ron DeSantis on? I'm not seeing it. Why hasn't he made a strong, legitimate argument about what exactly Ron DeSantis has done? He right. hasn't been For doing that. He actually right. said he what he that. did. He was upset yeah. that he didn't come outright saying he wasn't going to run for president. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, that, 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 that's, that's, right. that's, that, the, that's belligerent, insane kind of thinking that, that's <laughs> absolutely based on the ego and what is it doing it's it's creating division amongst a party that that again is fighting within the party and and even that one side the the anti-establishment faction which i think is represented by trump and DeSantis, is fighting within that party so so it's a civil war within a civil war of this right. political party which is spreading more division and of course making sure hey. that that the that the populist branch of the party will never get get any significant strength they're, yeah. they're, they're, the they're neocons this, are happy. Uh, the, when, when yeah, yeah, the they're, neocons they're, that are watching this right now, they're happy. They're, they're cheering call, this on. They're calling this in the press the GOP civil war. And I'm like, yo, the civil war is in 2015. And Donald Trump won and then was at war. Or he, 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 won, he wins this fight in the primary. But then he's in this long battle with the GOP establishment. That civil war has been going on. Yeah. If they're now claiming this is a civil war, they're admitting Trump won. That MAGA won. The Republican Party. That's it. Well... It and it did. Well, never mind. Wouldn't it, it be nice? I mean, in a perfect world, in my perfect world, I could see Trump and a DeSantis that come along and say, you know what? We recognize the Democrats and the Republicans are the flip side of the same big government coin. They're all corrupt. We've been screwed by the two party system. They basically ruined a constitutional republic. Let's start a whole other party. Hmm. Start whole libertarians, but but how Maga can they party? start a party when they keep fighting each other? That's, that's, that's the problem. That's, I, that's, I, the that's problem. what I say. That's in my perfect world, but they're not going to do it. But but there was even a couple right wing well, pundits you know they that could were talking if about. It's back to but, t- oh, I'm going to interrupt her. My bad. Sorry. No, no, no. It's just really, I just want <laughs> to make one kids, one really quick talk point. Over them all the I just want to make one quick point here. There was a couple right wing pundits that were making the call that DeSantis and Donald Trump should run together, and this was going to be a dream ticket that could definitely dominate and beat the Democrats. And now they're that's that's not going to happen. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I I listen. I got kids. I always talk over them. I'm like, listen to me. Sorry. But I was like, you're saying how, you know, it could be they're they're causing everybody to look at them like this fighting, this infighting, all the plan. And then all of a sudden they come out holding hands. It's the American dream. (laughs) this, This could look 
A lot of people want to believe that Trump's always playing fourth dimensional chess. Like <laughs> that implies it's multi-layered and he's traveling through time or something. But uh, whether it's on purpose or not, this is owning the news cycle. And that means Democrats are never going to get a, a minute of, 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 of time to talk. Right. You're right. So they've got no stars. They, Beto and Abrams are their stars, and they just keep losing. They're famous for losing. Yeah. Beto's now lost what? He, 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 three he, three in less than four years. <laughs> He's the best loser in less than there four, is. Yeah. In less than four years. I, I want somebody, I was going to do it, but I didn't have time. I want somebody to come out with a meme that shows little African kids wearing Beto shirts, you know, from after the election. <laughs> and I want them to see, like, these kids growing. They've got a kid that's uh, Beto for Senate, Beto for President, Beto for uh, Governor. And just they just keep growing in these shirts. Uh, and then you have a meme where there's an outlet store called Discount Clothing, and it's all Beto shirts, <laughs> all the different kinds of Beto for Senate, Beto for Governor. Hey, Listen, I, I hope he runs again because that's an easy shoe in for whoever. He's probably going to run against John Cornyn. John Cornyn in Texas for Senator of Texas. He'll probably run in. Cornyn's a piece of trash. I, but the uh, it, to your point, Tim, I agree with you. I think that uh, you got Trump who – I mean, I'd love to have the kind of power where you could sit on the toilet in the West Wing at 3.30 in the morning, freshly spray-painted orange, and, and just <laughs> hair hasn't moved in four days, and, and just hit tweet, you know, and just say kafefe, and it controls the news cycle for 36 that's hours. Right. Yep. I mean, that's laser pointer to cats kind of power. Mm -hmm. uh, and he could do that. He knows he can do that. And he's not even on Twitter. He's doing so, it on Truth. But let's think about this. If Trump really was a smart guy, right? And I'm, not, I'm saying, you know, I think Trump is a smart guy, but if he was like a, a tactful mastermind, what if he really was thinking, I, he, he, he didn't, like Luke pointed out, he didn't actually attack DeSantis for anything. He's attacking him, but not really criticizing him on anything. Right. What's the purpose of that? We're talking about it. It's making it look like Trump is whining and doesn't like DeSantis. It's giving DeSantis, the story now is he's like, DeSantis had this big win, but I was bigger. He's making the, the press continually report DeSantis won by, by massive numbers mm. without actually attacking DeSantis. You see what point. I mean? It's a good point. But, it, but, what, but what if Trump is thinking, they will hate me no matter what I do if I run, but DeSantis has my proxy. Mm. If I hate him, he wins and then gives me favors. That's a good point. Well, I uh, Trump's that. been, I mean, that's one theory that, that needs to be backed <laughs> by some evidence. Uh, no, no, it's, I, I, it's I, a total I, speculation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but Trump has been attacking DeSantis for a very long time. He's been, he's been making small jabs against him throughout the last few months and years that, that mm -hmm. are becoming pretty evident that there is a kind of ego battle here. I don't think it's for the chess. Who in the world knows? But at the end of the day, I think we should be skeptical of DeSantis. I think we should be skeptical of Donald Trump. But, at, but right now, DeSantis is really doing a lot by not saying anything. And by, by not reacting, by not playing into the ego, by not counterattacking, a lot of people are like, wow, uh, he's handling this in, in, a, in, a, in a way better way than the former president of the United States. You know what I love? Uh, I wake up after the midterm and I see these posts where they're like, what happened last night? This is Trump's fault and all that stuff. And I'm like, I don't what's going on? Like, did the, the <laughs> yeah. Republicans lost? And I look and it's like New York Times projects 20, 200, uh, 224 seats for the Republicans. And it's a toss up. It might go to 51 in the Senate. Maybe not. And then I'm like, okay, so these are this. Is, okay, so they won. Wait, hold on. <laughs> these leftists are cheering. Colbert is gloating. Jimmy Kimmel is laughing. They're posting pictures of like a spattering of ketchup on the floor, and they're like, "Yo, we won." And I'm like, Hillary Clinton. She goes, "It turns out women like their rights and they vote." And I'm like, "Lady, you lost." <laughs> like, yeah. I don't understand. The, 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 this means Nancy Pelosi's done. She's out. This is like. The most powerful Democrat has just lost, and now she's done. Out of a job. And, and they're cheering for this. What do you call someone who celebrates having lost? A crazy person? A, a, a loser at minimum. But I don't understand. 
I know, we, you know, we had Milo on the other day and he mentioned it's because the Republicans wanted revenge. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, gee, I guess I'll have to settle for winning. I get it. You want revenge. No, I totally understand. Yeah. A, a blowout landslide would feel great. <laughs> Sorry, guys. You'll have to accept just having one. You just have to want. You it, just it, want. It's all, but, it, but it's also important to note here that Ron DeSantis did endorse candidates in this election that didn't win. So he doesn't also really? have a perfect record as well. Sure. Donald Trump also endorsed candidates didn't win. But Donald Trump's getting a lot of the criticism and a lot of flack from, flack from it. Some people say it's deserved. Some people say it's not. I, I think what happened in Pennsylvania with Oz, is, the criticism there is absolutely deserved. Uh, I think what, what happened in Georgia, he criticized the candidate there that, that won. So again, it's a mixed bag of what's going on here. But when, when we look at the midterms, I mean, this is the best midterm for Democrats since the since 1986. For Democrats. Uh, uh, for Democrats, yes. And Biden, uh, Biden had a better midterm than Clinton and Obama. This is one of the best performing midterms for incoming political party in the last 20 years so really? so they did and there's one reason for it i i, I think there's a lot of Is reasons it, there's one reason it's not because of policy it's be not it's because of mail-in ballots That's and it. redistricting i think it's just mail-in ballots sunny hostin on the view admitted whether accidentally or otherwise that she committed voter fraud now, this is one person, I'm not saying it swinged, swung an election or anything like that. Uh, and maybe if you'd like to make an excuse for her as to what she meant, feel free to do so. But we had this, um, th this viral clip where she gets it. She's on her phone and Whoopi Goldberg, she's like, get off your phone, you know, heavens or whatever. And then Sonny's <laughs> like, it was my son. He was, he, he was messaging me to make sure, you know, that uh, I, his absentee ballot that that I did that. And then it's like, it's a weird thing to say that I did that. Like, well, what does what that refer to? And then she said, I had trouble voting for him today. Full stop. She said she did vote for him. That is admitting to voter fraud. Mm. Now, immediately left personalities came out and started saying, she means that she dropped off his ballot for him. It's like, sure. Okay. I get that. Where's her son at? Where's her son that she had his ballot and he couldn't drop, drop it off? Well, right. apparently it was reported that her son was in Massachusetts while she was in New York. So why did the ballot go to the house in New York? You would have to believe that the son ordered an absentee ballot, not to where he is in Massachusetts, which is what absentee is for, but to his own home in New York, where he could have just voted in person. But maybe he did it because he knew he wasn't going to be there on election day, but was going to be there. You have to believe then that he ordered it, went to visit his family, filled everything out, signed it, dated everything, sealed it up, closed it, put it down, then left, then called his mom and said, hey, can you drop my ballot off for me? You'd have to assume that he didn't just drop it in a mailbox, as per what absentee ballots are for. He didn't just take it with him back home to mail, that he literally went home, filled it out, dropped it, left. I think the simple answer, Occam's razor, is that she committed voter fraud. Mm. I don't think voter uh, mail-in voting is overtly about voter fraud. I'm not saying that either. The reason mail-in voting was was the Democrats, the reason Democrats did so well right now, nothing to do with Trump. They're saying Trump dragged the party. No, establishment Republicans were pulling funding from, from key, uh, key races. Everybody knows that. And the bigger issue is Democrat turnout was very good. Youth turnout was very good. And it's this simple. Mom goes to her, suburban mom goes to her kids and she says, kids, our ballots came, fill them out. And the kids say, Sure, whatever, I guess. Who am I voting for? And just fill, fill it out for the Democrats. And then they do. Those are real ballots filled out by real people. Those kids normally would not have voted. They don't know. They don't care. It has nothing to do with them. But their mom asked them to. Now, the steel man argument from the Democrats, of course, is, so what? Real people voted. What's your point? My point is, 
People who don't care about the system are voting, and that's bad for the system in the long run. You can argue that it's good because your policies are winning, but yo, gas prices through the roof, inflation through the roof, people are not doing well, and it's because we we have voters who have nothing, no stake in the system and don't care and are only voting because it's just, you're tripping over ballots. It's that simple. Plus, plus, real quick, in, in I think 39 states, ballot harvesting is legal. So now you have Democrat nonprofits legally going to places where people normally don't vote and saying, fill it out and I'll take it from you. And that's massively increasing voter turnout. Well, if you're looking at the Democratic uh, base this midterm election, there was a lot of unmarried women that heavily voted uh, Democratic. There was also a lot of 18 to 20 year olds that voted uh, in favor of the Democrats. Over 70 percent of them voted for for Democrats. I think a lot of this also has to do with big tech censorship and institutions like TikTok banning right wingers and conservatives and allowing other people to have those kind of voices there. And when you have those key demographics voting, obviously they're going to be voting in favor of policies well, that sure, benefit sure. them. But I also want to point this out because for those that are fans of the show, you know I pointed this out two years ago or a year and a half ago. If a Democrat nonprofit goes to New York City, universal mail-in voting is everywhere. They walk into one tall 30, 40 story building. They knock on a door. No answer. They spin around another door. Knock. Someone answers. Within the span of a couple minutes, they could talk to uh, dozens of people. Within the span of an hour, they've talked to hundreds. These are legitimate votes, and it's a legitimate practice. But universal mail-in voting disproportionately benefits dense urban populations. If a Republican wants to go door-to-door, they're mostly in rural areas. You'd have to get in your car, drive to a house, knock on the door, no one answers, get in your car, drive to the next house. That took five minutes. Democrats, knock on a door, no answer, walk 10 feet, knock on a door, no answer, walk 10 feet, knock on a door. So long as we play this game of let's make it easier for everyone to vote, the procedure outright favors Democrat strongholds. Now, DeSantis, I think, has proven if he if you play the game right, if you've got good policy, you can still win if you win the cities. So perhaps we should either do away with universal mail-in voting, because I certainly think that's a big problem, not because I think people shouldn't be voting. I think it's a problem for a system when people who don't want to vote just vote because like people have to know what they're choosing to do it. You have a right to own a gun doesn't mean every person should just own a gun. I think most people should own a gun. But just because you have the right to do it doesn't mean, you, you know, you can be just irresponsible with it. Yeah. We're in a situation. I mean, look, we've got we've got I think that the, the election system in America is systematically flawed. Uh, you know, the radical thing that I've suggested over and over again is legally we should just wipe the ballots, uh, the, the voter rolls clear. Let everybody yeah. just like your passports expired. It's time to go back and. Re-register. Let's see if you're alive. Let's see if you're legal. Let's see if you live where you say you live. Let's go back there and see who's you should, actually there. You should have to register every election. I, I think you should, actually. And you, and you should go back in there and you say, okay. I mean, people do that. They renew their driver's license. They renew their passports. They do all these things. I think that you should have a voting day, an election day, not an election season. You should, you yeah. should register for every election. By going and be and and it can I don't, I don't care if it's online. Yeah. Quick thirty second thing to be like this is my current address and if you don't you don't vote. Yeah. Like w- w- the, so back in the day we had voting where it was like you had to be a landowner right and you had to be a man. Okay, so we we don't agree with those things today. But you need to understand the context back in the day. The the man thing yeah obviously we've done away with all that stuff. You know men and women can both go vote. Nineteenth Amendment. But the reason it was land-based was because we didn't have a DMV. You didn't go get an ID. Right. How, did, how did we know you actually lived there? Oh, you live in this house. You, you, you own, own this parcel. Place. So you live here. Yeah. When we started moving into the space of rentals 
and, uh, um, you know, tenants, non-ownership. We're like, okay, well, these people, they do live here. We know they live here. They can vote. So because we're a community, what ends up happening is you had Andrew Yang say he was going to move to Georgia back in 2020 to help. Uh, uh, um, who was it? Who was running? Uh, it was um, it was Abrams who was running against. He yeah he wanted to move to Georgia to help the Democrats. Oh win. Warnock was running. Warnock yeah Warnock. He, so Andrew Yang is like I'm going to move down there and it's like so hold on you, you're not a member of our community you're not voting for us for what makes our lives better you're voting for the nation by moving into our space yo that's crazy that shouldn't be that way now however you're allowed to move I get it that being said I think it would make sense if you were. After every election, voter vote, there's no such thing as a voter roll. You're not registered anymore. When election season comes, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, whatever, can do a reminder being like, time to register to vote. And then you say, yes, I live here. I want to vote this place. They say, you got it. We've, we've tracked your address. Then when you show up, you present proof. That's who you are and where you live. And you say, that's me. And they go, send in your vote. Yeah. And it was Osof, not Warnock. It was also if he was going over there to help. You got 10 million people watching this thing. I got to correct that because I'm <laughs> well, the one that's if wrong. If the Republicans really do, you know, if they're good for anything, they'll. It, I, they, what, was they, that, well, what was it? The HB? What you know? It's like unfortunately, all the voter like any like they try to do. I can't talk anymore. You finish. I tell you, I'm like Biden. I need someone to finish my sentences for me. I look at you. Don't look at me. I'm man. just as good as Fetterman and Biden. I'm over here stumbling <laughs> over my words. Just. What am I saying? Hey, look, I, hey, I, it's I, a weird telekinesis I, we have going on. I agree with Michael Malice. Um, I don't know his full position on Fetterman, but I think Fetterman in the Senate is a gift, is a big, big gift. Hear me, hear me, people. If the Republicans had the Senate, it would be better. Ron, uh, Rand, sorry, not Ron. Rand Paul would be chair of the Health uh, uh, Committee or whatever. I forgot the full name. And that means he's going to be able to, you know, ask some serious questions about Fauci and all that stuff. He's, he's done it already. But what could they really do? There's a chance the Republicans will take the Senate with the Georgia runoff. We'll see. But with Fetterman in, this means the real prize, 2024, it's, 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 Fetterman's an advantage. Yeah. You think about all of the videos that are going to come out, all of the memes, all of, and it's sad, really. I mean, I don't like it that Biden is out of his mind, that Fetterman is, is, is brain damaged. These people shouldn't have run. But you know what they did? So now, the, now the, the Democrats are going to get to withstand. They're going to have to figure out how to get past two years of John Fetterman not understanding words. He, he, you, know, you, see, you see the video where he said he celebrated the death of Roe v. Wade? Yeah. He, he's not with it. And they got it. Congratulations. They're going to have to hide this man. Hey, I've been calling for him to run for president of the United States. We have Biden. We might as well have Fetterman. And MSNBC is joining my calls, officially saying, hey, Fetterman could could potentially be president. No, Unironically. No, yes, no, yes. What? No, I, where? Yeah. I, I, I believe I tweeted it on my Twitter page, uh, Luke, we are change. And it was MSNBC. It was the video that I started off my YouTube. Uh, no, no. I played it on my YouTube video today as well. That's it should be on my Twitter. Uh, but but the memes, they, they are very spicy already. I, I like to post spicy memes but some of the Federman Federman means are even too much too spicy for me to be well, honest I, watch right, this wait, video wait, 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 you got to listen right. to this video by right. MSNBC because they're okay, supporting okay. What, what I put out there a couple weeks ago so we're going to do a new segment and let's pull up this clip we got this tweet from Mr. Luke Rudkowski himself ha 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 yes MSNBC is behind my idea Federman Biden 2024 Federman 
as a nominee at some point for president, um, I know there's some variables, obviously. <laughs> but just a few. Just a few. But I just, you know, it, it, what he did in the in the super red, deep red parts of Pennsylvania, and the way that he ran ahead of Biden, as you were saying, ran ahead of Trump. I mean, it just makes it makes you wonder about his future. Okay, wow. uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> if wow. you read, hold on, hold on, hold on. Fetterman in the Senate. As a Democrat, I can understand why there's a why you know there's a there's a closed door but open window there. For the next two years, Democrats are going to have to answer for a man who's not all with it, who's got brain damage, in the Senate, and it's going to be amazing talking points for Republicans. But Fetterman as the president, no, 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 no. There, there's nothing after that. I mean, you want to sacrifice the country for four years so that you can try and win after that? I, I, I'm sorry. I'm not on board with I'm, that I'm, I'm, I'm messaging my guys right now. We're, we're making officially Biden Fetterman 2024 <laughs> shirts that are going to be available on the best political shirts right now, probably by the end of tonight. Sorry, go well, ahead. Well, no, it's, it's um, you know, a lot of folks think that maybe moving Fetterman into that position was a way of putting his wife in position, uh, that he's going to become, you know, here in the next, I don't know, less than six months, he's going to be unable to perform his duties or whatever after he's sworn in. And uh, it puts his wife in a position to fill his, fill his seat. Uh, we'll see. I mean, either way, you're dealing with insanity. Across the board, I mean, you're dealing with insanity with this thing. The fact that they they looked at a guy, and you know, you look at the memes, the Fetterman memes. I, I put one on my Facebook earlier today, and people said, well, you know, this is way beneath you. And I'm like, you have no idea what's beneath me. You don't know how low I can go. But uh, they said you're, you're making, you have no sympathy for a stroke victim. I mean, my father ultimately died from his stroke, so I, I, it's not. We're not making fun of his strokes. He was a moron before he had a stroke. Uh, and again, if if he's a stroke victim. Then his family should have had sympathy and never put him up there. They should have yeah. pulled him off that platform. Yeah, right. Like if he's that impaired that he can't, he's a senator for Christ's sake. If he's a mm-hmm. senator and uh, he can't handle some ridicule or a meme about him, then what the hell are we doing? I think they just like electing people that they can control. Well, well that's 100% that. Absolutely. Yeah, no like like yep. that, that guy in Pennsylvania who was dead. Yeah, right. I, saw that. I said three that on Twitter. People that were dead. I said that there's on Twitter. Three. There were three, three people. There's three. Well, yeah. not all, not in Pennsylvania, <laughs> but there were not three in Pennsylvania. Dead well, yeah. not in Pennsylvania. There's one in Massachusetts, one in Pennsylvania, and then one in somewhere else, in California. But I, I, but I said, are we all supposed Democrat? to have all Democrats? Yeah, I said, are we supposed yeah, to have sympathy for the dead guy too? Well, and what about the person that was running against him? Like, do they not? I, I'm surprised hey, wait, the wait, Democrats didn't dig him up and like, hey, come 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 in there. Put his hand on a Bible. I recently learned that you can't defame dead people. So now we can say Democrats elected fraudsters, con artists, and rapists. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're dead. You can't defame them. Yeah, true. No, I don't want to disparage the, the people who died. I, I got no beef but with them. But my thing it's, is, it's, my thing sad, is they sad. say, oh, you have no sympathy for a guy who had a stroke. Well, I have no sympathy for the person that's dead either. They're dead. But I mean, you still elected them. Hugh McKean but, apparently died and was elected. And then Barbara Cooper, she died in October. But seriously, to the person that ran against them. They lost to a dead person. What do you do? Yeah, what do you I do next? Manage. That's worse than Oz. Like, that's pretty embarrassing. Well, you, if you are dead, if you are dead, your votes should be eliminated. Yeah. Period. Just gone. Right. Don't know. Don't care. There we, should no special election. Your votes are gone. If you vote for a dead person, your vote is gone. You voted for a dead person. You're okay? punished. Like imagine you're playing basketball with somebody and you throw the ball just out of the court. Okay, that that's your that's a foul or something. What is that? Out, yeah. out of court or yeah. whatever. Out. Yeah, you, you out know, of bounds. We don't give you points for it. We don't say, hold on, let's let's 
let, let's let's start over again and we'll figure this out. No, 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 no. You 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 screwed up. That's and I, it. And I understand that after a certain point, like if you die after a certain point, you you name. There's a good chance you'll be on the ballot. Our good friend Sarge Summers, he yeah. died in the middle of his campaign. He was. For, I've. Oh my he, god. You I, voted for him. I voted. For you the voted dead for him. So let's call you out on that. <laughs> I'm a hypocrite. He's a good friend of ours, and you gave him I a little honor so vote. I felt so bad. I didn't. He didn't. But win. he died in a, yeah, on the campaign trail. He died in a car wreck. I gotta read this super chat from James K. James, this was a grand slam. He says Biden. Biden Fetterman 2024. It's a no-brainer. That was a good one. That was real good. Anyway, (laughs) on to the dead people who won. Um, (laughs) Amazing. Congratulations, (laughs) y'all. So what is it? I mean, look, Republicans have elected dead people for too, because people will like these guys, some two of these Democrats, I think they died in October or, you know, at least one of them did. And so people maybe just didn't realize the person died. Like they knew who the person was. Maybe they or I got to be honest. I think they just show up. They hit the D and they walk out. Oh yeah, that's probably they do. true. They don't know who they're voting for. Well, a friend of mine, he even put you it on got Twitter. Biden that calls out for dead people. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. He, yeah. Oh man, he did. I mean, <laughs> he's still. He's sad. Sad. I think I think Biden's at that stage in life where his his toes are on the precipice of the eternal, so he's already seeing into, <laughs> you know, the, the nether regions, and he's just seeing people there floating around. And, she was there. Yeah, <laughs> you want to see if she's there? Yeah, where is she? Is she this, here? I mean, you on. see, he's trying to shake hands with the air all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. This is. <laughs> He's got his toes on the precipice of, <laughs> of eternity. Of eternity. Yeah. <laughs> this is a uh, shout out to Seamus of Freedom Tunes. This is a good, it's a good horror uh, uh, bit. Biden's so close to the other side that he's starting to see through the veil. <laughs> Seeing dead people. I see dead people. Sixth, seventh sense, whatever, you know, the thing. Uh, but I've got a friend who said he was at the polling place and he goes up to the uh, the voting deal and he puts his thing in it. There's two girls, young girls that are standing there. And one of the girls says, I don't know who any of these people are. I don't know what to do. And the girl beside her said, just vote Democrat. And yep. that goes right back to your point. Like, if you're going to do that, stay home. I mean, our country went from you got to be a landowner. You had the man voted for the household. I mean, there were certain requirements that you had. And now you've got any person that's brain dead out there casting a vote because that's what they're doing. And I remind people, voting is not a right. It is a privilege in this country. We have the rights that, are, that afford us certain privileges. You, you, don't, you don't have the right to vote. You have the privilege to vote. It's, it's a thing that you should take very responsibly. I mean, I, my, for instance... I moved three months ago, four months ago, from Fort Worth, Texas, down to the Houston area. I changed my address, changed everything, changed it with the Secretary of State to give me a new polling place. I still, because the state did not change my polling place, I still had to go back to Fort Worth, Texas, three and a half hours from where I'm living now, go back to Fort Worth, Texas, and vote on Tuesday, Election Day, and do it. And and listen, I was nervous because I thought, I'm going to get up here, they're going to run my driver's license and say, well, these addresses don't match. I still had to fill out a form that said, change of address with the polling place and do it. So so again, it's racist. It's racist that I had to do this. But, you know, uh, I had to fill out another form. And I said, this, this, you're actually asking me to write on this form the same things that are on my driver's license. Why am I doing this? And they said, just do it. I think it should be harder to vote. should uh, be harder to vote. I think voting is, it's a duty, it's a responsibility, and it is you saying, I want certain things for this, for this country, for this city, for this county, whatever. The Democrat policy is, let's just get as many votes as possible. We don't care about the quality of the votes. It gives us power. That's why they want 16-year-olds to vote. Right. I think voting should be hard, but it should be this hard. You have to get up and go vote. Yeah. yeah. That's it. 
Yeah, forget that drop, forget that, the mail-in, forget all of that stuff. I mean, again, if you're infirm, filter. you're military, you're law enforcement on duty, the stuff like that, I understand. There are special right. concessions for that. But the guy that doesn't want to get up and go... Should not vote. No. If you, if, if you don't want to be there, you shouldn't be. That's mm-hmm. just the way it is. I mean, it's frustrating to me. I, we, we, wait, tomorrow's Veterans Day, right? I don't know when this airs. This, we're live. We're so live. This, this thing, so we're Veterans Day tomorrow, right? When you, we went to Antietam today. We went, we went over there. And oh, you, cool, you, right? you go over there. Yeah. 22,717, I think, men died that day fighting each other, Americans fighting each other. You go to the graveyard, and it is a sad reminder, not only brother against brother clash. I mean, that's the bloodiest battle in the Civil War. But then you think about Normandy, and you think about, you know, the, the millions that died in the world wars and and you look at the afghanistan of evacuation and the 13 that died there and the just senseless stuff that goes on you're like you got men and women that put on a uniform every day with a willingness to serve sacrifice give their lives for our liberty our freedom our ability to have those privileges i mentioned and you don't do it you just don't do it you don't give a shit enough to go out there and study and see what's best to protect your freedoms these guys died, they bled, they sacrificed, they go on deployment nine, ten months out of the year to stay away from their children. And and you come and you don't you can't read a book, you can't Google something to see if John Fetterman's a well, idiot. It's, it's like you said, people it had things have not gotten bad enough for people to either suffered. want to vote or to change the way they This vote. is what happens when we live in a world of manufactured oppression and not real oppression. They've yes. never suffered. They've manufactured victimhood, yep. they've told themselves they're victims, and, and they haven't done without food. They haven't done without water. I mean, unless you live in, you know, Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi, and there's sludge coming out of your faucet for two weeks, but they haven't done without. And so now what they're saying is, oh, I got it so hard, I can't go. If, if you got it so hard, you can't go vote. Have you seen the video of the Starbucks employee crying about having to work yeah. the hours? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was the funniest video. Who's a trans? Who's a trans person? I don't know if you caught that. That was the other thing she was complaining about was they were misgendering, mm-hmm. That's right. and and that was the other thing, and I, which I think honestly was probably the, the the catapult that pushed her into making the video anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. because oh that my was god, the, that was the stressor. That was that, that was the, the, the deal. But you know, and 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 it, it, the story wasn't about someone being mean to this person. It was just that people kept misgendering. Kept, yeah. I grew my beard I, out I, I, and everything. Well, I got to be honest. I'm not, I, I, I want to be careful because I don't know if the individual was male wanting to be a woman or a woman wanting to be a woman want to be a male. I mean, you got to assume, uh, you know, she didn't, they didn't say, so we don't really know. Yeah, she said, and, she said well, I grew my beard out and everything. I think that was the quote. Oh, okay. Yeah, but but the issue said. is, so like, look at America right now. You go across, I mean, I travel the country. I, I do, I'm in 35 states a year doing live comedy shows. I'm all over the place, 200,000 miles a year in the air. Everywhere I go across the country, I was in Seattle last week. Everywhere you go, they went from having help wanted signs outside of the restaurants to saying, please be patient with our staff. Yep. Yep. I saw that. Uh, it's a weird trend if you think about that. I went to, uh, we, we were going down to the Virginia Safari and we drove through Newmarket. It's really cool when you're out here, by the way, because all the Civil War history stuff. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And we went to this little restaurant, and they had a big sign saying, please be patient with our staff. No one wants to work anymore. <laughs> no joke. I, took a, I tweeted a picture of it out. Uh, tweeted a picture. And it's just, it's, it's crazy to me. I'm like, where are all of these people? Where'd they go? Yeah. They, they, did they get raptured or something? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. For, no, I mean, they uh, got their checks in the mail. Now they don't want to work. Yeah. Well, but they're not doing that anymore. So we went out uh, it's, several times now. Uh, a few weekends ago, we went to a theme park and it was the Halloween party. Oh, yeah. Completely dead. Yeah. Completely empty. Really? 50 people maybe in this theme park. And we were just like, what is going on? 
Yeah. Like, where is it? Okay, maybe more than, maybe about 50 people I think I saw. And if you wanted to go on a ride, you had to go to the ride and there was no one manning it and then text a phone number and someone would come and press the ride button for you. Well, and, like, to go, and to go all Sidney Watson on you, there's no shame in our culture anymore. Nobody yeah. feels shame. Nobody's well, ashamed of anything. Everyone's proud. There's no work ethic because there's no shame in doing a poor job. I don't know if they're proud or they've just been told it's okay to be a victim and well, they should be they ashamed just sit of that. At home and, but they're not. I, wanna, <laughs> I want to, uh, you, you mentioned people are getting their checks. I want to pull up this tweet from the redheaded libertarian who says, this might be my finest prediction. In one image, the redheaded libertarian said, we are totally going to find out in mid-November that no one's getting their loans forgiven. LMAO, Biden, you play yeah. And then we have November 10th, 8.08 p.m., breaking federal judge rules. Biden's plan to cancel hundreds of billions of dollars of student loan debt is unconstitutional and must be vacated. And all of these people, they ran these videos where it was like cash in your pocket, cash in your, and it's like, it showed like someone taking cash and it was like, vote, vote for Biden. All these young people, this is the problem with low information voters. Make the yeah. voting age 50. I don't care. These young people are like, hey, did you hear? Biden's going to give me money. I'll vote for him. <laughs> and then they do. Well, why aren't I getting my money now? Because he lied to you, dude. It's, yeah. Here's the problem. We're, we're old people. We've all been through this. Young people... They haven't experienced it. So fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. These young people were just fooled for the first time. I don't blame them. Yeah. They were trusting Americans who said, this guy says he's going to help me out. And sure enough, they got played. Now I just hope each and every one of you Democrats, young people who thought Joe Biden was going to give you cash and help you out, realizes he lied to you. I ain't telling you to vote Republican, but just remember how they lied to you because it will happen again. No, 100%. There was never a plan to do that. There was never a plan. Like, you, you remember when Joe Biden said, uh, Bill Back Better is going to pay for itself? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that was a fun idea. That was a oh, fun yeah. idea. Or inflation. the Inflation Reduction Act that has 80,000 IRS agents that Bill Gates pretty much armed. wrote. 87,000? And it's going to yeah. go after the little person like that only has a little bit in their account. Well, I mean, you remember what the media did with Donald Trump saying that Mexico was going to pay to build a wall. And then, then Joe Biden comes along with a Build Back Better. I like, I remember, and which again, his inflation plan is nothing but a, a, you know, climate change protection policy right there. I remember when they came out with the Green New Deal and AOC was the champion for that thing. It looked like a, a fifth grader wrote something in crayon, right? Nobody <laughs> believed that there would be a $91 trillion infrastructure rebuild. Nobody believed that because what's a trillion? Nobody knows what a trillion is. They say trillion and we just wipe noise it right and because nobody understands what that number means we just throw that around like it's no big deal but by god i mean between modern monetary theory the esg scores uh they believing that deficit and debts are good things uh a cashless society world economic form all this stuff going on and now you see what's going on i mean joe biden actually flipped the script the other day by saying the quiet stuff out loud and saying oh we're going to get rid of all these coal plants we're going to get yep. rid of all this stuff we're going to we're not going to have that we're going to shut them all down we're going to have wind we're going to have solar they're telling us what they're doing. They don't care, you know. They don't care if you're, you know. They've got. Look, what, look. what was their What was their deal? We're gonna We're gonna get, you. You spend five hundred thousand dollars to winterize your home, and we'll give you a three hundred dollar tax credit this at is, the end of the year. That's the inflation plan. This is what you have. You have college students who are broke and in debt. Mm -hmm. They don't own property. They own nothing. Yeah. And they're unhappy. And so then you have working Americans who either own a home through loans, inheritance, or maybe have a vehicle, or maybe, maybe are still renting, but have family and have responsibilities. Those people are paying attention to why their lives are being destroyed. Why is my gas so expensive? Why can't I find work? Why are the specialty jobs going away? They get mad at Democrats. Young college students who are getting free money 
They're using loan money to live off of. They don't have to work for anything. They just don't want to pay loans. The Democrats just offered them the entire world. That's it. I knew a guy. He had student loans. And what did he do? Just partied. That's 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 it. (laughs) I mean, but this was this was normal in Chicago. CJ. Tons of tons of people. They get student loans and they go party. I mean, they use it for school and then they go party on the weekends. And I'm like, you're doing no work. You're going to school. Mm -hmm. And now you want me to pay your bills. I'm I'm sorry. That just doesn't make sense. But it's kind of crazy that millennials, I think they were only like two points behind. We or I'm a millennial. Two points behind voting um, Republicans versus Democrat. They because they're having babies now. They're growing up. They have jobs. And so when they came out for like Obama, but I in the midterms, I'm pretty sure they were almost close to even. I mean, we always make fun of millennials, but they were voting Republican more this time around. Well, they have responsibility. Yeah, they grew. What we there's gr- payments. There's mortgages. We grew up. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the thing. I, I, so <laughs> when I was when I was working in Hollywood and and out there, you know, my agent, my manager out there, my manager had a guy that worked for him, and and uh, he's a black guy. He's, he worked on he'd worked on several several studio lots and stuff, and and we'd go to dinner, and and Fred he was he would say, "Man, I'm a Democrat because I grew up a Democrat." I grew up, my family was Democrats. I've never known anything different. And my manager, Arthur, he would say, it's because you haven't made any money yet. Yep. You haven't made any money yet. When you make a little money, you'll, you'll change. And this was a guy in Hollywood. This, this was a manager who's been, you know, 40 years in the television industry out there who, where if you're, you're anathema, I mean, you're a curse, you're ostracized, you're outside of the gate, man. You, you are shunned if you come out as a, as a conservative. Who's saying, well, yeah, but you, you're not conservative because you haven't made any money yet. It's a kind of one of those open That's secrets. That's why that wasn't the Biden administration meeting with the influencers on TikTok <laughs> to get all those Gen Zers, or did I dream that? No. Well, I mean, he had the Jonas Brothers. He had everybody from the Jonas Brothers to the the Dylan Mulvaney at the White House. So obviously, he's doing that. Yes. Yeah. So I'll tell you, we're in a situation where this is a controlled fall. This is not even control. They're trying to control the downward spiral. They're crashing the plane. We know the plane is crashing. We know that they want this economy in shambles. We want everything done and it, it, just done away with it, things that we've held valuable and traditional in America. And uh, they don't care. They know that they can do this, pin all the blame on a Joe Biden who he ain't got long. Like I said, his toes are on the precipice. So they can do that. Well, and that, they don't, they don't care. He doesn't have to campaign. He can lick the windows in Delaware. It doesn't matter what he's doing. <laughs> it doesn't matter what he's doing. It doesn't matter what he says. The other day, they just asked him, they said, what are you going to do to improve over what's happened in the last two years? He said, nothing. Well, and I think they know that it creates chaos and chaos creates fear. And then they know that they can control you once fear sets in and then you're going to always vote for them. So. Well, we saw that the last two years. Yes. That's all they got is fear. Yeah. yeah. Well, Republicans are going to need more than whatever it is they're offering to because mm-hmm. they, the establishment doesn't want to, uh, the establishment wants to stay the uniparty. They want, to, they want to keep that deal, but that deal's done. MAGA came and it's not so much about Trump anymore. I mean, you got DeSantis now. And if these, if the, if the establishment uh, and the leadership doesn't realize they're, you know what, I'll put it this way. I think they're willing to sacrifice victory for as long as it takes. They will just say, we don't care. They're the same thing as the Democrats. So they'll just keep sitting back and letting, you know, actual Americans suffer, hoping that eventually MAGA stops. It's not going to. I think the one thing that needs to happen right now for all the Republicans going in is just absolutely reject McConnell and McCarthy. 100%. Just gone. Nope, not going to happen under no circumstances. Sorry. You tell them, you know, for all these new members of Congress, you can be like, there is nothing on God's green earth that will make me support you as speaker. 
you better pick somebody else, anyone else. But, but you know, the problem is we've had people come in here who are just like, well, you have to. I'm like, no, you don't. You, right. you, you, can, you can say, have fun. Have fun. Bring Pelosi back, I guess. See, that's the thing. <laughs> I've, I've called it the good old boys club forever. You know, you, you've been a member of this country club for 30 years. Now it's time for you to be the chairman of the board. It's your turn. It's strong language. Screw that. I mean, we've got to screw that. That's, that's, I mean, put Marjorie Taylor Green. Make her speak. Absolutely. Yes. Let's have at it. Let's have a free-for-all. Yeah. No, no. Hands down. Uh, if they, I, I think the challenge, though, as I said, is they would give up. They would say, okay, then we'll sabotage it if you try to go against us, yeah. the establishment. So where do you go from there, I guess? Keep running? Keep getting new people and just wait? Just I, I think before we, we fix social media, there, this problem is going to keep happening. I think social media has far of a bigger impact on people's perceptions and realities than we could even realize. And I think a lot of them are being manipulated by the DHS, by the FBI, by the DOJ that have their hands in big tech social media and, and are deciding who has a voice and who hasn't. And I truly do think that with this midterm, that the, the big tech social media censorship had far more of an impact than a lot of people realize. I think what we saw also in 2020 with Mark Zuckerberg spending $419 million to help people vote, an effort that predominantly helped the Democrats, I, I think that also had a big impact. Also, also in Florida, where Ron DeSantis made sure that he passed a law banning what he called Zuckerbucks that couldn't <laughs> be used in his state. So I think that also wow. played a role in Florida having such a significant victory here with Ron DeSantis seeing, hey, this big tech social media guy is trying to influence this by putting his money in there. Let's make sure his money doesn't go to Florida. And I think this is one reason why Ron DeSantis had such a victory because Mark Zuckerberg wasn't able to have his influence Carrie Lake there. needs to win. Well, and I think Carrie, also yeah. that's why you have yeah. Biden saying we need to investigate Elon Musk now because they don't want that free speech platform. These people are evil. And yeah. I'll tell you why. They, this woman gets up and she says, should we be investigating Elon Musk and the Saudi billionaire investor? And Biden's like, we should be looking into it. That investor was an original investor. He already had a billion plus in Twitter before Elon stepped in. Oh, but now they're and they ignore it. And, and a lot of people, not just MAGA people, were, were saying, hey, shouldn't we take a look at this? Because this is influencing our politics. Now that Elon steps in, all of a sudden they're coming up going, oh, what a problem we have here. These right. people are evil, man. Let's, let's look at a couple of things. In the last two years, under the, the quote-unquote pandemic, which, by the way, if we ever have a real pandemic, I'm dead because I'm not getting vaxxed or anything else. I'm not doing any of that stuff. I mean, no experimental stuff for me. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, in fact, I'm thinking about getting my vasectomy reversed because this stuff is going to be like the new crypto. <laughs> uh, this is new Bitcoin uh, right here. Um, and so here's my thing. We, look at all the tyrannies we came under, the stuff that was revealed. America's held together by a three-court strand, Okay. The media, education, and the courts. We've lost the media. We've lost education. We're barely holding on to the courts, right? Barely. At least we saw with the overturning of Roe v. Wade that the courts came out in favor of the Constitution. In that case, put the rights back into the in favor of the states making their own decisions. But look at all the tyrannies that are there. And we're, we we got to be real careful because you've got medical tyranny. We saw that. You've got corporate tyranny. You've got big tech tyranny that we're discussing. You've got big government, which even big government, that's bureaucratic tyranny because we're being ruled not by elected representatives, but by 2.5 million unelected bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. who are getting paid to rule over us. Uh, you got educational tyranny. you got the mainstream media tyranny. And, and at some point in time, I'm trying to figure out when we start spilling tea into the harbor, right? Because this is this is bullshit. And, and we're looking at all this stuff, and, and well, there's no end in sight for it. You said the courts were hanging by a thread. 
We got the story from the AP. Alex Jones ordered to pay $473 million more there you go. to Sandy Hook families. So uh, $1.44 billion. Okay. Connecticut Judge Barbara Bellis imposed the punitive damages on the InfoWars host and free speech system. Jones reportedly told his millions of followers. Yeah, yeah you get the point. The record clearly supports the plaintiff's argument the defendant's conduct was intentional and malicious and certain to cause harm by virtue of their infrastructure, ability to spread content, and massive audience, including info warriors. I think it's all lies. I think Alex Jones is a guy who goes in a show and says things he thinks, and he's often wrong, and uh, he has free speech rights to do it. He doesn't have a free speech right to defame people, but I believe he only defamed one person explicitly. I do think he was wrong to say this, and I do think it did cause damages, but this court, in my opinion, has delegitimized itself by saying a gajillion, bajillion megabucks. They may have well just said, you know, a, a, a meteor made of gold. It's Rope just, it doesn't exist. It's not going to happen. A death penalty. Why, why don't you just give him the <laughs> death penalty? I mean, I mean, it's not. Take him out back. It's, it's, yeah, it's not that far off. And of course, you know, he wasn't right sometimes. And he, he, he did get a lot of criticism, but he also apologized for what he did. Uh, so again, first they try to science you. Second, they try to take you down through legal means. And third, they totally take you out. I think we're in the second phase here. I think what's happening to him is is insane, is is, is crazy. I was even critical of him a, a, a few years ago. But but again, if they're doing this to him, why can't we do the same to the corporate media? Like, but are they going after him? Because I mean, I feel like I mean. What what is their point? Is it because he was uh, one of the outspoken people for Trump, just like Steve Bannon? I mean, they've yep. gone after every single person that has been influential in the MAGA movement, and he has a huge fan base. Steve Bannon has a huge fan base. They went after Roger Stone. They went after Mike Flynn. They've literally taken down Milo. everybody. Milo. They've taken down anybody that's been associated with Trump, and they go, oh, look, look at all these indictments. I mean, even if it has nothing to do with him, but it's just like they wipe out one of them at a time with process and crimes, with not complying or whatever Steve Bannon did. I mean, it's just little tiny things, but just to say, hey, look, Anyone who supports Trump. Yes. They target. Yeah. Man, it's it's so crazy how many media personalities who had big shows and supported Trump. Gone. Gone. You know, and that, I mean, and unrelated. I, I'm a big DeSantis fan. I, I never applied to Trump. I don't support Trump. <laughs> DeSantis all the way. <laughs> no, no, but, it's, but, but, it's, but, it, but it's true. When we look at the online social media presence and, and the memes and the supporters of Donald Trump, they were the ones that got him into office. That's what yep. I think. They were the ones who stood up and said, hey, this is absolutely crazy. Here's some memes. Here's a point of view. Here's my hot take on this issue. And it was individuals like Loomer, like Milo, like Alex Jones, like Bannon that were there on the forefront that represented a huge anti-establishment wing. And slowly and surely they were being taken out by the establishment as Donald Trump was kind of watching it all transpire and didn't decide to intervene and help out his supporters, which is another other criticism of him that I think is legitimate because he had the power to 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 just not only just say something but to intervene to, to pass executive orders to pass laws but to more importantly also help set up other infrastructure and other platforms when when he saw all of his supporters being censored and 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 banned everyone was telling him you're going to be next yeah, he couldn't do an executive order that well, he could have he, done a number of he things. He could have just tried and invigorate a different platform like he's doing now with Truth exactly. Social, he but could, now it's too late. He could have went to Parler, right? Or he could have went right. to Truth Social, but he didn't do any of that. Well, as people were around. telling him. But people he were telling him. He could have gone him. to Gab or yeah. Mines. And I remember uh, I was at the Social Media Summit, 
And someone stood up and said, why don't you sign up for an alternative platform? And he goes, which one? Which one? And then people were like, there's, there's a bunch. But I, I guess my understanding is uh, Kushner told him not to do it. Not to go to parlor. Well, and was it Kushner that um, helped uh, put elect or put all these people in positions around him that completely filled him like Jeff Sessions and, Ugh, you know, was, I mean, if there's like one criticism I have of him, he surrounded himself with people. And I guess it was just to appease and make himself not look like he was coming in and just, and he said he was going to drain the swamp, but he didn't. Yeah. You know, he surrounded himself with a lot well, of swamp monsters. Very swampy. And, yeah. and, and I think he got in there and realized just how deep that swamp was, or at least how wide it was. Uh, and, and it was it was a lot. And he didn't have the people who were going to pull around him. I mean, that's for sure. And he hasn't been the best um, human resources manager in that regard. He definitely put the wrong people around him. But that probably would be really overwhelming going in there with so many people against you to know exactly who to trust. Well, you're going in as a businessman, yeah. not as a politician. You're not you're going in there. You're not willing to, you know, shake hands and put your arms around everybody else and say, I'm going to scratch your back. You scratch mine. And that's a very elementary way of saying what goes on. But there is an element of that. You know, you're going to do me a favor. I'm going to do you a favor. He went in there like a bull in a china shop. Unfortunately, I think. God, God, I don't care if people come down on me on this, but I mean, Trump went in there to drain the swamp and end up ended up becoming very swampy. Well, he didn't have the infrastructure around him. I don't think he became swampy. He became swampy. He did not. Well, okay. well, it depends. Uh, Opera- Operation Warp Speed and all these other things. It's all it's all on people's right. personal beliefs. And, and at the end of the day, people will decide what they think of him uh, on their own personal political uh, ideas. But uh, well, one thing that I w- did want to bring up is that he didn't have the infrastructure and he went along and I, I think he should have fired a whole bunch of people. He should have been like, there's a lot of bureaucracy here. I don't know who you are. You're probably going to screw right. me over. You're probably going to leak to the media. Fired. You know, it's clean house. I think the answer to that is, and is it what y'all have like a beltway here or something like you need to, if, if he's elected again or DeSantis, all the people they surround themselves with needs to be like out of this D.C. area. Yeah. Bring like, in insiders. Get, get some people from like Minnesota or I don't, Texas. I would rather see blue collar workers at the White House than just the same bureaucrats that were there. Eliminate everyone. Just get get like what? get get coal miners. Be like, hey, you're going yes. to be in charge of I the EPA. Like, people who have done this. People who have done this shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, you got you, you said people from Texas. I said just not Rick Perry. You know, oh, I mean, I you, know you guy who said. says let's abolish the S- Department of Energy and then they put him in charge of the Department of Energy. Wow, yeah, not good. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, but yeah. God, I really like y'all. I should run for office, like as a Democrat, because I can't finish sentences. <laughs> yeah, but Great. you're cute. I know you I do smile. finish sentences. You do. Now, no, I, I I, the thing, the thing there is, and when I say he got swampy, the the whole deal is, like you said, Operation Warp Speed. Yeah. The, you know, until Trump comes out and says, "I, I was wrong," he's never going to do that. Mm-mm. But he pushed, he pushed, he pushed, he pushed. He did it to appease. He pushed the vac. And he's still Can doing we say it. that word? I don't even know. The procedure. He's still, he put, he's he still telling the, people to do, take he, the procedure. He, he pushed it. He, no. brought, the, he brought the CEO yeah. of Johnson & Johnson out on the rally stage the other day said, here's a guy that makes a lot of money. I mean, he makes a lot of money. Bill, and the yeah. place booed. Bill Gates is bragging right now saying, I told Trump not to investigate the procedure. He did it. Yeah. I was telling him how to implement policies, and he wanted me to become the science czar. That's what Bill Gates is saying today. Yeah. Donald so. Trump desperately wants to take credit. He will not back down from that. No, he, he will wants not. it to be his great victory. He won't back down. He's he, his his. I, I don't know. Look, people like his ego. I guess. I don't Is understand that. A that. Component of it. Uh, you wouldn't want to be married to that, right? I don't understand <laughs> why you want to be. You know, you don't want to, that. You don't want that guy to be your neighbor. 
But again, and I think there's a big portion of Americans out there that are conservatives that do not want government intrusion in your life. They got locked down, lost their jobs. You know, people screaming for reparations. There need to be there needs to be pandemic reparations. I mean, that Emily Oster that wrote that article last week or whatever Halloween for the Atlantic said there needs to be pandemic amnesty. Amnesty. Screw you. There, I mean, until there's real true reparations for that, people restored to their jobs. There's there's you know, unless you can bring grandma back and you can't. Uh, and, and, I, and I look at that, and I'm like, Trump was a part of that. Yeah. He was a part of that. He was a part of allowing the—he allowed Fauci to go but too far. But I don't think he knew. I think a lot of people but were But see, again, that's him. the argument. That people, I knew. Yeah. I knew, and I'm yeah. nobody. I knew. Yeah, and, I, I knew Dr. Fauci was full of crap. I knew. Yeah, as soon as he was implementing policies saying Black Lives Matter protests are great, and they don't spread the virus, right. but but lockdown protests are dangerous, and we shouldn't mm-hmm. be doing those. Yeah. Well, so so as soon as that happened, Donald Trump should have been like, hey, what are you doing? Why are you saying Black Lives Matter protests are okay, but anti-lockdown uh, you know, lockdown protests are but not? But your that, grandma's that's not funeral's not okay. Exactly. Yeah, you can't so, go to exactly. weddings, you can't go to funerals. So, so, so legitimate question then, like, what about Trump made him completely blind to black... Like, we, we saw the riots happening and the George Floyd riots. How, why didn't Trump? He, he, we, we knew it was bad when you Tom Cotton said Insurrection Act. Trump did nothing. Wasn't there at least out, so outside of Trump not taking action on the riots, wasn't there an obvious contradiction when you couldn't go outside because of the lockdowns and even Trump was, was advocating for them? I tweeted this recently. Donald Trump ragged on Sweden over not locking down, Sweden has had less excess deaths and they didn't, the least amount. Yeah, their performance is one of the best in the world. Where was Trump's mind in lockdowns are important? I am not going to do or say anything about these Black Lives Matter protests. Yeah. The scientists came out and were like, yeah, it's, it's well, the establishment was, uh, scientists well, and propaganda Colo- newspapers. University. Yep, the they're University like, of Colorado. They're like, you, you see, when, when people protest for democratic causes, this helps everyone with COVID. But when they, when they, when they protest things that, that we don't like, that's bad. And it was so bipartisan. It, it, it was so partisan, excuse me. It was so partisan. It was so biased. It, it was such a slap in the face to anyone paying attention. And I, I don't think I wanna, Donald Trump didn't see it coming. I think it was more obvious than ever. I want to point this out because we're going to go to the next segment. But, uh, you know, and I was thinking about Alex Jones having to pay $1.4 billion. I was like, wouldn't it be awesome if he won that Powerball? <laughs> <laughs> paid in full. Yeah, paid in full. But, you know, when you take a number like that, you look at that. I mean, that that's basically a death penalty. Here's a guy who can, he can't yeah. pay a billion and a half dollars off. You can't do yeah. that. I, I don't think it's anywhere near that. Look, they're, they're not going to get a penny from him. No. And it's not going to stop him. No. He's going to look. There, there's already other people he's worked with running companies, right. doing similar things. I'm buying we, we supplements right now. We get it. We get it. Alex is, they're going to say, you can't have money. And he's going to say, but someone else can have money. And that's how it's always been. He can, Oh, so what's he going to do? Start a new C-Corp and the C-Corp's got money and you can't sue the C-Corp? Yeah, look, they'll, they'll, they'll try, they'll sue, they'll file, they'll file, they'll file. They'll, they'll never stop. But they're really not going to get anything from him. Let's jump over to the story. Here we go, everybody, from TimCast.com. SNL staff writers boycotting this weekend's episode over Dave Chappelle hosting. According to report, there you go, that's about it. They're not going to do the show. An unnamed insider told the outlet, but none of the actors are boycotting. So the, uh, they say, quote, the room was full of writers. They all pitched ideas and they seemed very excited about it. Dave is looking to have some fun. So there, uh, that, that was a rep from uh, Chappelle saying there's nothing going on. But uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? They want, they want to try and cancel Dave Chappelle? Well, this story first came from an anonymous source that, that, again, came out, didn't reveal who or she uh, was, and said, oh, we're going to be boycotting. 
Um, Dave Chappelle and his staff are saying, hey, we've been working with the writers and the actors for the last three days. Nothing's changed. No one's really boycotting us. So I think this is just like the kind of Netflix protest that we saw of Dave Chappelle, where the media was hyping it up, saying there's going to be thousands of people there. And they were blasting it, trying to make it seem like it was a bigger uh, cause and a bigger reality than it actually was. I think this is also the same thing where you have this kind of engineering of this viewpoint, gaslighting people to make them believe that people are outraged against Dave Chappelle when in reality Dave Chappelle is a comedy genius and what he's done especially with his stories about about trans people has actually been kind of an an advocacy for them rather than a criticism of it specifically when he talked about his friend so for him to get criticized for this is absolutely absurd I don't think anyone's trying to boycott him and and if you are trying to boycott a comedian for for telling jokes you're you're taking life too seriously and you're full of crap (laughs) listen you know uh, again Lenny Bruce and George Carlin the likes of those they went to jail over obscenity laws back in the 50s and 60s Uh, Mm -hmm. it's a damn shame that these things are happening right now there's two places in America you should, when you walk in the door, you should expect to be a little bit offended or at least be made uncomfortable. One's the church, the other is the comedy show, right? Both of them have been watered down so bad. You know, the comedy show, they're afraid to offend anybody. Uh, the, they're, they're afraid to tell jokes. I tell everybody when I get on stage, I say, like, look, I don't care if you're gay, straight, black, white, fat, skinny, male, female, trans, zizim, her. I don't care what you are. If I'm going to make fun of myself 75% of the time, I get to make fun of you too. Ridicule is part of the job. You should be able to do that. Doesn't mean you hate people. Doesn't mean you're mad at people. Doesn't mean you want to. You said this earlier. They've never suffered. No, and they so never have. They never the way, have. The, the, the way I describe it is, you know, I'm sure everybody in this room has gotten physically hurt to some degree. These are people who live in pastel, you know, beanbag rooms. That yeah. you, it was a, there was a university, I remember, 10 years ago or whatever, they created safe space rooms where mm-hmm. if a lecture was offensive, you can go in, there's beanbags and fluffy animals. Yep. So <laughs> if these people have never actually fallen and s- scraped their knee or anything like yeah. that, when someone says, you're dumb, they go, <gasps> yeah. it's the worst pain they've ever experienced. Yeah, on 60 Minutes this past Sunday night, they had the interviewer, of course, was talking to a college professor, and and he said, how do you deal with these tough topics? He goes, you don't bring them up. And he said, but isn't that what the university setting is all about? He goes, it used to be. Now you can't discuss. Listen, our country was founded on the ability to dialogue, disagree, debate, discuss all of these different things and and fight. I mean, John Adams and, and Thomas Jefferson, at least if you read their writings, they hated each other. Yeah. Right? And that was okay. They were still considered the founding fathers. Mm-hmm. And we, we're supposed to be able to do that and then come back to this thing called the Constitution and the Bill of Rights that says, okay, this is what brings us together. You might say something that pisses me off, but at the end of the day, that's okay. I, listen, my father used to tell me all the time, talking about one of my brothers, he said, yeah, he's full of shit, but if you listen to him long enough, every now and then you might find a pearl in the middle of it. Well, more, <laughs> more importantly, that's a very important uh, takeaway there. Sorry, I cut uh, you <laughs> no, it's all good. I, I, I you off just made me think that. of my brother and how full of shit he is. Um, but, but, <laughs> but, but another thing that's very important to note here is that comedy heals a division in our society. And when you outlaw comedy, when you make people afraid to express comedy, you perpetuate a society where it's impossible to heal any division in it. And I think this is why we're seeing such deliberate actions against comedians, against people trying to make other people laugh, against people trying to bring people together. And this is just absurd to see Dave Chappelle attacked so much where he even has to get serious during his comedy special and address <laughs> all of this nonsense. I don't want to see that. I want to see him roll with the punches. I want to see him address a 
lot of the critics by making fun of them. And I think even he was someone who is is an anti-establishment guy who is seen as as a critic of society, said, okay, now we have to get serious during this comedy special and I'm going to have to address this seriously. I, I, I hated to see yeah. that. I thought it was a capitulation. And I think they're trying to limit his expression and limit everyone's expression because he's the uh, canary in the coal mine right now. But I do think you're right. I think that's all smoke and mirrors, and I don't think anybody's complaining about it. Like just like the divisiveness in this country, when you see your neighbor across the street, you're not fighting in the street. It really does come from the media. They're like, well, well what do I want them to fight about this weekend? I love yeah. that screen grab of you sitting there holding that bottle of wine. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fantastic shot right there. Uh, but you, you're right about that. I mean, nothing unifies people. Should sh- comedy and music should bring people together? I mean, listen, you take. Jim Jeffries, right? Jim Jeffries, Australian. He he's everything I'm not politically. Uh, he goes on these long binges about the the Second Amendment, how we shouldn't have guns and stuff. And I disagree with him 100. percent But I laugh my ass off when I hear him do it because it's funny. Because I first of all, I've got tough skin. I I, I can mm-hmm. disagree with somebody and still laugh at what you're saying. Yeah. You know, you're you're not trying. You're not legislating me into something. You're trying to make me laugh. Yeah. Let's put it in perspective here. They roast me in the comments all the time. I love yeah. it. I it's saw hilarious. that, Luke. Yeah, 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 I saw yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, damn. And and it's and it's fine and it's okay because I understand. <laughs> like, hey, this is this is the landscape. I'm gonna I'm still going to express myself. I'm not gonna let these comments affect me. But mm-hmm. at the same time I know a lot of it is trolling and trying to make me laugh and, and trying to engage. And, sure. and, and 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 it's totally acceptable and it's totally okay. And if and, and everyone should be okay with criticism. Everyone should be okay with, with people uh, you know, saying something about them. Constructive criticism I think is one of the most important things in our society that is needed more than ever and we don't have a lot of that at all people are afraid of any kind of criticism people are afraid of any kind of responsibility and i think we should normalize a society where you could speak truth to power but that right there is being eliminated from our society and it sucks yeah I saw the comments a second ago. They said CJ was in her 20s and I'm in my 50s. I'm liking this ratio. <laughs> what? They think I'm in my 20s? Yeah, several of them said, make sure you keep the jacket off. It's fantastic. I think you're making I that concur. up right now. <laughs> I'm in the comments. I, 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 I think he's lying. He, he makes up a lot. That's okay. Go with it. I'm drinking tequila. You can tell, call me 20 any day. So hey, girl. Go. But yeah, love you guys in the comment section. <laughs> it, it's awesome to be a part of the conversation. What would we do without those folks? Exactly. We need people like that. Yeah. And if you're mm-hmm. going to criticize me, I know they're going to criticize everybody else. Good. We and, need and, that and criticism. Here's the thing. You know, I had people, for, I, I've always been a, whatever, creative person. I come up with goofy things all the time. And people used to say to me, and it was the number one phrase, you have too much time on your hands. And I'm, now, now I joke and I say, yeah, I got time to stand in line at the bank to make deposits. But you take Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle is eating it up. Like, I, I've met Dave. Dave's a super nice guy. I mean, he's a real person. And, you know, when you got Netflix paying you $70 million to do an hour, and you go out there and you tape over four nights, however many he's doing, two to four nights to do this special, and the bad press, sure, you want everybody to like you, but they don't. And as a comedian, you know. It's like being in sales. You're going to be told no 65% of the time, 75% of the time. This guy's worked in crowds that hate his guts, don't want to laugh at him. And so when the woke mob comes after him, you know, I talk about this in my book, uh, Am I Crazy?, which talks about, you know, living in a woke world and being unapologetic in the middle of it. The beauty of Dave Chappelle is, the beauty of Bill Burr, the beauty of a Jim Jeffries, even on that side of things, they're unapologetic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's an extremely attractive thing in every career 
path you take. Once you're saying and doing things just to be liked, you become pathetic. That's exactly and, right. And if yeah. you're not questioning things, if you're not pushing the needle, if you're not pushing the envelope, you're, you're doing something wrong when it comes to having a conversation. And I think that's what we should all strive to do. Uh, th- that's see-through. Yeah. It's it's yeah. obvious. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 last week or whenever it was, Luke Bryan, he's doing a he's doing a show in Florida. He brings Ron DeSantis on stage. The crowd goes nuts. And then of course the online re-rees go nuts to, you're saying, Oh my god, I can't believe you brought this guy on. He responds and said, When I'm in a state that's been hit by a hurricane, been devastated, for me to bring the governor on to help these people, I was raised to do that, right? And that was my paraphrase. And I was like, Don't apologize. Don't effing yep. apologize. Yeah. Don't you do it. Like when Joe Rogan apologized, don't apologize. Yeah. That's they an admission sense, of guilt. They sense weakness and they're going to pounce you. It, don't exactly. do it. You just it, admitted guilt. It's blood in the water. You, 100%. That's why, that's why our brand, you know, everything, unapologetic, be unapologetic, always. And, and I'm not saying you did something wrong yeah, to somebody personally, you insulted them or you hurt them. Yeah, go apologize. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about the culture at large. Own the tweet, own the shit you said, and just move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. It's kind of sad, you know, because apologies are supposed to be, it, it's a good thing. It's, it's, it's mature. You recognize you did something wrong. You say, you know what, I, I'll own up to that. Yeah. But what's happened now is they've exploited our goodwill to, 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 uh, to such a degree that now it's like, yeah, you, you're better off just not. Yeah, they, they've abused the better angels. And, yeah. and so, yeah. like, if, if, if this group, if I say something stupid, which I'm apt to do, if I say something stupid and then, and then we go downstairs and Tim comes to me individually and says, dude, that pissed me off. And I'm like, Hey, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry that pissed you off. I didn't mean to piss you off. That's one thing. But, you know, for me to come back in and bring you guys all back in the room and say, look, I made this off-the-cuff statement that I don't even know if you heard it. I need to apologize to all of you. I just made you aware of shit you didn't even know you were aware of. Mm. You didn't even know if you heard it, right? When you do that to culture at large, you're shooting yourself in the foot in a big way. That now you're going Now you're going to have a tattoo on you for the rest of your life. You're marked. Yep. You just told everybody they that you screwed up. They all hear the apology, but they never saw the original. They weren't offended in the first place. You had to tell them they were offended. Yep. Yeah. That's what's wrong with our culture right now. You, you get into a situation, what, what were we talking about? Uh, uh, Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, who goes for Halloween, he dresses up like a blind referee. Oh, yeah. That's and the, really whatever, the Association, Confederation, whatever yeah. it is, the United World of Blind People is pissed off and he wants a, <laughs> they want an apology. And I'm like, how the F did they know? He dressed up. They're blind. Yeah. How did they know? <laughs> yeah. What he dressed up as for Halloween. Yeah, it's Somebody had to tell them to be offended. Yeah. yeah. That's a good costume. Know. The point is, he's a referee who couldn't make a good call. Like, yeah. it's a what good did, joke. Why, why didn't the referees association get pissed off? Yeah, seriously. They have more right to him. <laughs> they do. They saw it. Throw the flag. Man, I don't know. The way things are going, I'll just say, watch... These, these people have no principles, and uh, it's exemplified by uh, movies like Black Panther 2. <laughs> no joke. It's fresh I, on your mind. I, love I it. just want it, because it, because if I could explain what the movie was about and spoil it, it's just like the ultimate hypocrisy you do among it. these woke. You should spoil it. Maybe I'll spoil it in the after show. For those that, I mean, the movie literally just came out. You know what I mean? We went yeah. and saw the early showing. We do it because, one, I'm a big fan of the Marvel movies. I actually thought the story was, was enjoyable. That's not the best. But, uh, man, was that movie racist. And, they, and, and the, same, the same thing with the first one, too. It's like, they, everything they claimed, look, these cancel culture people, they're not offended. They're not even offended. They just, they're just bored online. Mm-hmm. And it's something to do, and it makes them feel powerful or part of something. 
If they were offended, they would watch Black Panther 2 and be like, yo, we better boycott this movie. <laughs> They're not. There's like, the whole thing is just insulting Mexican people. No. But I don't know. What else can you say? Let's do this. Let's go to Super Chats. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button? Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends. Become a member at TimCast.com. We're going to have a members-only show coming up for you about 11 p.m. And for uh, those who are commenting on the videos, we have these post-it notes that Milo Yiannopoulos wrote about the censorship YouTube rules. And there's like sad. It's like really funny. It's like you can't say this sad face. And so what we're going to do is uh, we're going to randomly choose people who comment. And then we'll we'll hit you up. And then we will... uh, send them out to you. So like legit, we'll put in an envelope, we'll mail it to you, you'll get it, and you'll have a little little piece of the show. And like, we, have, we have so much garbage on this table right now. Yeah, I was wild. like, Yo, let's, let's, here's how we can get rid of it. We can send it to people. We'll send you our garbage. I mean, not only that, look at Ian's side. I mean, you, you can't really see it, but it's a, it's a disaster. So it's much like stuff. a bomb went off. Yeah. There's rocks everywhere. Yo, we'll start, to, we'll, we'll set this up. We'll get something like some kind of formal thing where we'll actually put it on the site and be like, hey, one you know, like 10 random commenters we'll, we'll pick and just send you guys some stuff from the show because there's not that many people who comment, but I think it'll be really cool. So something we can do for you guys as members. And uh, before we get into the Super Chats, go to losingmymind.com. Listen to our new song any way you want to. Put on your playlists, blast those playlists because all of those plays, they rack up and then hopefully we'll hit the, we'll hit the Billboard chart because people really like the song. If you buy the song on iTunes for 69 cents, it also really helps. And uh, hopefully we get a song about how the media is garbage and trash in uh, Billboard and force them to write about it. We're going to have a press release to put out. And then when they come out and they say something like, F you, you suck, we'll be like, <laughs> oh, man, no, you know, whiny babies. But we're, we're, we're not going anywhere. All right. Let's, uh, let's read some Super Chats. We got Shad who says, rename the show MiloCast IRL. Best show. <laughs> I think that's from yesterday. Yeah, yesterday, uh, well, no, no, this is from today, oh. but uh, Milo basically just talked for two and a half hours. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I thought it was worth it, though. He hasn't, he hasn't done a show in, like, years, yeah. and he had a lot to say that was actually really interesting. Yeah, no one heard his voice in, in such a yeah. long time. Seriously. User not available says, Tim, change your shirt. Well, I did. Two days ago, I was wearing the button-up. Now I'm wearing the raglan. I have, I, I have two outfits. That's about it. And I have, like, 50 of these shirts. Yeah, I was going to say. Bishop Cruz says DeSantis is living rent-free in Trump's head. His rant on Truth Social was unhinged. Why attack someone who has never attacked him or even announce a run for president while the election isn't done? Yeah. Well, it just doesn't make sense unless you're trying to fracture the party. All right. Monhoden says, Tim, is this? Yeah, Monhoden. Tim, if Ron DeSantis is accepting money from Ken Griffin, he is not to be trusted. Ken Griffin runs Citadel. They bankrupt business to make their money by manipulating the stock market. He does not give money without getting something in return. Investigate this, please. Perhaps. But I also wonder if DeSantis is, the, to this guy, the lesser of two evils. Like, uh-oh, if Trump is in, I'm in big trouble. DeSantis isn't as bad as Trump. I'll take it. You know, and, and it's a fair point to say, why is that? I don't know. I like DeSantis. I think DeSantis has a track record that's really, really good. Uh, we'll see what happens. All right. Pat and the cat says Milo was the most unintelligent guest you have ever had. I Strong feelings. Disagree. Strong feelings. Yeah, I know. I think Milo was incredibly smart. Yeah. I don't agree with his opinions. You know, he said DeSantis is, is awful and can't win. And I'm like, DeSantis has a track record opposing CRT, uh, uh, supporting school choice. Mm-hmm. His policies on lockdown. There's a reason why people were fleeing to Florida. They yeah. like what he was doing. Yeah, Milo is a wordsmith. Yeah. Yeah. So. 
You even asked him about it after the show, didn't you? Yeah, I was like, well, what? How? <laughs> yeah, I want this. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. All right. And End Midi says voting starts soon in Victoria, Australia. The libertarians from the liberal Democrats who oppose the government overreach need volunteers to increase representation. Our conservatives were feckless. Bummer. Good luck. John says, Tim and gang, as I sit here, listen to this episode, I am continually refreshing the Kerry Lake race and cannot stop, cannot stop worrying. Will she end up winning? Will, with the great campaign she ran, how could she not? I wonder. She's 20K down. The, it's getting worse. Mm-hmm. So they were saying initially that they thought it would improve because they were absentee drop-offs, which are not the same as early mail-in votes. But there were also many mail-in votes, so... Hmm. It's down to the wire. This is what happens when they do universal mail-in voting, and that's it. And once you get into the trap, you can't get out. You can. What do they say? You can vote your way into com- communism, but you got to shoot your way out. Shoot your way out. Yeah. Now, in this instance, we're not quite there. So Kerry Lake can still win. In Florida, it's obvious that uh, Ron DeSantis won by double digits. What we need is your, legis- your state legislator. You like, you guys got to win it at every single level, and then. Um, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully, just hope for the best. Hope for the best. All right. Let's see. Alex says, Lord Poole, if you may answer this peasant's super chat, I must ask why the hell is every podcaster I follow now calling insults and offenses a dig now? Where did this come from? What do you mean? That word's always been around. Yeah, I don't know. No answer, I don't a know. A dig? It's a slang term. Yeah, I've heard it before. Yeah, mm-hmm. people say it. But, uh, you know, you'll, you'll notice this. Because they all listen to the same show. They they all listen Mm -hmm. to each other. They'll start adopting their own words. (laughs) Lord Poole. I love it. It is true. Slavic Gypsy says, as a retired postal worker, I object to going postal. Let's call this for what it is, a fart in a church. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Charles Wan says, I want to smash more than the like button. What does that mean? Well, I you think, can. I think you know you what can, that means. I know. You, can, you can smash the like button and the subscribe button. That, that's yeah, that's sure that, that. that that's what he meant, right? You want to subscribe? smash both later. <laughs> something going over my head right now. Yeah, wait. <laughs> All right. Kermit says, "I voted Chad in primaries. You should have come on Timcast sooner." <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, that was the difference. Yeah, but might have been. It could have been. I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have hurt. Oh, that's for sure. Know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. All right. Joseph says, four more years. Cry harder with your short memory. What is that a reference to? No idea. They want Trump to win? You know, here's the thing. Listen, I want Trump to win, too. I'm going to be real clear. If, if it comes down to, you know, Joe Biden, or it's not going to be Joe Biden in 2024. It's going to be Gavin Newsom, right? If it's that or Trump, I'm, I'm going to go for Trump. If it's Gavin Newsom, I'm going to go for Gavin Newsom. If, it, if it's Carrie Lake running for president, I'm going to go for Carrie Lake. Uh, if it, uh, Ron DeSantis, whoever I said, I, I'm going to go for those pre- those people. That's the bottom line. But the thing that people don't understand is we think about it because we're in these circles. When Donald Trump ran in 2015, he had a 90% name recognition across the nation. Up until a year ago, Ron DeSantis was only like 30%. Yeah. He doesn't have the national recognition outside of Florida that people think that he does. Mm-hmm. The people in these thir- circles that's who talk thing. about this all the time. Yeah, that's a great thing. It's, it, it's, it, it is. Because politicos know him. People yeah. who are watching the news know him. And regular people, when the media comes out and it goes, Ron DeSantis is a fascist, they're going to go, who? Who? Yeah. And that's, that's exactly a good, right. That's a good thing. Yeah. It's going to play but, in but, the favor. But, but also, let's just say Donald Trump runs right now. He just lost one of his biggest supporters who could have been helping him out win the state of Florida. Why does, why does Ron DeSantis want to help Donald Trump now if he does run? Yeah. Which is going to hurt Donald Trump. 
in the long run. He could have had an ally that could have been helping him. Yeah. Yeah. Send it says, I heard Beto is running for class president at Uvalde. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, no. The uh, realtor staff says, wrong. What's wrong with Abbott polling his constituents? He was hired to represent the people. So what if he spends money on asking the people what they want rather than typical swamp diving? Sellouts we usually get. No, because we elected him to be instinctual. Everything is bigger in Texas. We wanted a Ron DeSantis type. So Abbott sticking his finger in the air, going whichever way the wind blows, is not being a decision maker, not being a leader, not being confident. And that's not... That's not what we should have. We should have the best in Texas, I believe, and we don't. And, and to be clear on that, I mean, you, when you've got Greg Abbott in Texas, who has, has increased the, the budget, the state budget, by 40% in the last eight years now that he's been in office. Um, he's opened the door to Silicon Valley. He's, you know, we now have a Facebook headquarters there. Tesla's headquartered there for real. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's opened the door to Google, Amazon, all these different ones. He threw the door open to Silicon Valley. He gave a, a billion dollar tax subsidy to Samsung, which is a South Korean company and to come in. his whole thing about building a wall was a sham. It was like three miles or something. Well, he did. It was a, it, that was a political stunt. That was, that it was, for a, that him was a camera s- ploy. He went up there and put up two panels and, and that was it. When and he really did have power to protect our border he does Just like he has, carrie lake said day one but what is what carrie lake understands she understands yes. and she quoted the constitution she understands what kind of power the governor he has. takes money from people we don't want him taking money from and you know we don't we don't want a leader like that yeah exactly we so, wanted you chad well <laughs> the that is taking money from people we don't like they big, all have, but he doesn't seem like beholden to them. They all have, and 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 again, you've you've got somebody. I mean, look, you look at the state of Texas. We're a non non state income tax state, but our 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 property taxes are through the roof. I mean, in metropolitan areas, we're number one in the nation. We're number six uh, in overall in property taxes it's insane they're through the roof and that's all because he threw the door open to these california corporations yeah, he brings in, in all these blue voters and then but also pats himself on the back Sorry. trump took money from sheldon andelson of yeah. all people where, where yeah. these guys are taking money from I, I can't even make that argument because they're all guilty i i don't even i don't bring that up because they're all guilty in that regard um, and, and again, I, you have the George Soros's, who is that shadowy figure. I just say him because everybody knows that name. There are those shadowy billionaire figures, both on the right and the left. They donate to everybody. That way people can say, oh, look who donated to that campaign. So you almost have to take the donors out unless somebody is really going to be rigid and say, we're giving that money back. We're not going to accept that deal. And unfortunately, these folks running for office don't do that. No Control says Fetterman is exactly what the DNC wants. He will vote the way they tell him and won't ask for concessions. They don't want another mansion. Except he might accidentally say no instead of yes or yes instead of no. So we'll see. I know they're going to tell him what to do, and he's going to do the exact opposite because he won't remember. Oh, is that rude? <laughs> I think it's all right. I guess, but <laughs> it's true. All right. Lester Leo says Taiwan is going to have midterm election on November 26th. Tim, you should send a journalist there to observe how they run a fair and secure election. <laughs> That's a hefty mm-hmm. ask, uh, short notice, probably outside of our capabilities at the moment. But, um, you know, we're trying to get there. Mm. With your support as members, we will uh, we will uh, keep keep growing. All right, Joseph says dead politicians can't lie about their positions; their plank is obvious. Ha <laughs> ha. Travis Fover says Democratic strategy for elections is to maximize uninformed voters. Best way to combat it would be to publish legislation preventing displaying a candidate's political party on a ballot. 
should be the number one priority of Republicans. I've said that many, many times. Mm. You should not be able to vote for parties. What do you guys think? Eliminate the party listing on the ballot so that no one can just vote for party? Yeah. They would have fantastic. to do some research into the issues and what they actually want as right. a as a you know politician. Mm-hmm. Like if yeah. you think about Callie's like Callie's thing, it had like uh, it listed what's his name, um, Rick. Uh, what was his name? Caruso. It listed him as like a billionaire and a, an investor into properties, etc. It doesn't display anything about his like his actual platform at all. It just says he's a billionaire investor, and you know people in California are not going to like that. RDS says, please have a Milo and Michael Malice together. It would break the internet. <laughs> Yes. We should get Malice back on. He hasn't been on in a while. Yeah. yeah. That was with uh, be great. Malice Tuesday night. That dude, he's a wild one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is a really good idea. Um, I will reach out to Malice and Milo and see if we can do a, a sit down. Ooh, that would be a good one. That would be crazy. We were That's asking awesome. who we wanted to be on with. That'll be fun. Have a debate. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it would be a debate. It might. Maybe. Malice it, is, with Malice, it'll like turn into a debate. Is that the one <laughs> yeah. that got in the fight on your show? Yeah. Uh, Would you fight Fireman? Malice with? Uh, no, it wasn't what? me. It was it was it wasn't my show either. It was it was Glenn Beck's special. Uh, oh, little right. little tiff. People can go watch it. A little little thing. What was the argument between, about? Yeah, what it, it erupted between uh, Jason Whitlock and uh, Michael Malice. About and, well, you know Whitlock is and God bless him. I don't want to talk for him. I love Jason. He's uh, he's not a political guy. He's a culture guy. You know, he's with ESPN. He's a he's a writer. And he's a fantastic, really smart guy. I got a show on the Blaze, and he he made the off the cuff statement that that arguably Joe Biden's the worst president in the history of the United States. I mean, you know, we all say that he wasn't. You know, again, he wasn't statistically speaking. And so again, Malice is going to say Woodrow Wilson. He's going <laughs> to yeah. say, he's gonna say is, he, is he worse than is he worse than Barack Obama? And, Jay, and Jason's like, look, I'm just looking at the results of what I'm seeing. And Malice was said, you know, Michael said, look, the data doesn't line up with that. You know, and and Jason was basically like, I don't care what your data says. I'm just saying what this is what I'm seeing in the streets. And so it got you can go watch it. You're making it, it sound so benign. It, it, I am, off I am because they're not here, bombs. and it's really? not fair for me to talk about that. It got tough. Well, it, I'm, I'm not, not a part of any network. It. I can gossip if I want. I'm just saying. Well, neither <laughs> does, but see, here's the unfair thing, because neither does Mike. Mike doesn't work for the Blaze either, and he kind of made a, a spectacle of the thing and uh, pushed it, pushed it, pushed it until Jason had to go and, and collect his Christian sensitivities. But <laughs> but it, it got heated. But at the end of it, look, it's two guys that have the same vision and the same, at least, not maybe not the same vision, but they, they're going at the same goal with maybe two different directions that got a little heated. But, that you know, shit, that happens. Wilson was the worst, pre- worst president No question about yeah. it. He is the reason we're in the situation we're in right now, Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. is Woodrow Wilson. Yeah. And yeah. all the re-rees online that are bitching, these experts online, they don't even know what Woodrow Wilson did, but they need to go check it yeah. out. Yeah. All right. Billy says, Luke, quote, I'm not a DeSantis fanboy, Redkowski. Who are you trying to fool? I, in this video, in this, <laughs> in this podcast, I literally told you that DeSantis endorsed candidates that didn't win, which a lot of people didn't didn't know about, which I think is fair to talk about when we're criticizing Trump. And I also told you yeah. we should be critical of him. And that's, I have right. been critical that's of right. him. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm very, I, I, I'm just like Luke. DeSantis, too handsome. Just, just too good looking. His policies. Luke, that dude too, loses too 20 good. pounds and I'd hit it. <laughs> I'm, I am, I am. Those I am boots, not. those white boots. I mean, they get everyone. It's new boot goofing. Hey. We should be critical of every politician. That's what I always said. But when it comes to the record, I, I think Ron DeSantis has been great on COVID, great on, on a lot of the anti-woke stuff. What he does with foreign policy, we still don't know. Criticize every product, politician, hold their feet to the fire no matter what. There, there's still things about DeSantis I don't know that I'd like to see. Exactly. Same. Uh, I, I want to know who's, who is backing that. I mean, 
F Paul Ryan. I don't give a rat's ass about Paul Ryan. I don't understand why Paul Ryan's even relevant. But what's his foreign policy going to be like? We don't know yet. We don't know. And and here's the thing. And Jason Whitlock. But that's probably why it would be good for them to go at it because it's like when they say competition breeds excellence, you'll get to see what, you know. Yeah, let's have that debate. Let's have that conversation. And I will say that on the international international scene, uh, in that scale, Donald Trump is battle tested. Ron DeSantis is not. Um, we've seen what uh, Donald Trump can accomplish in the, in regards to that. He keeps people in check. He kept them at bay. He was hard on Russia. I mean, he was. And he keeps people talking. And 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 the whole thing, he he's able to put his hand up here and say, look at this, look at this, look at this, while he's getting work done down here. And he can say the most off-the-cuff stuff, and boom, there it is. We don't know what Ron DeSantis is capable, capable of in that role. I tend to believe he'd be okay, but again, he's a little more polished. We like that. Uh, maybe he's a unifier. I don't know if America can be unified, but we'll see. All right. Diane Reynolds says, Tim, would you mind explaining how the Democrats benefit more from rank choice voting? I'm from Maine and we have many people who moved here because of COVID-19. So it's not so much that it benefits Democrats. It benefits the status quo. So if you have a, an establishment Democrat and an establishment Republican and a MAGA Republican, rank choice voting effectively ensures outside candidates cannot win. So what'll happen is you'll have a bunch of conservatives and they'll be like, okay, you know, look, I don't like the MAGA guys, so I'm going to vote Republican. And my second choice will be the Democrat because I really don't like the, 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 the MAGA guys. That's basically what conservatives don't like about it. What else can happen is let's say, you know, the one idea is ranked choice voting can help libertarians win. And it, and it, and it can. I would probably vote libertarian on ranked choice voting followed up by a MAGA candidate or something like that. Many people probably would. So there is a net positive here. It depends how you look at it. But when you have ranked choice voting, most people are going to vote for their unique political party, uh, Green Party or Libertarian, and then those votes fall off, and then they just coalesce back into Democrat or Republican establishment. What, what a lot of the MAGA people are hoping for is that in the constitutional republic system, minority parties can still win, like Abraham Lincoln, for instance, who many people say is one of the greatest presidents we've ever had, whatever your opinion is on him. He was a minority president. He won because of a split vote. If we had ranked choice voting, he would not have won. And then who knows what would have happened in the United States. So I don't know. I'm not going to pretend that uh, I know absolutely everything or the mathematical probabilities of ranked choice voting, but those are some of the concerns. What do you guys think about it? You, you guys like ranked choice? No? No opinion? No, I just I just go back to the whole thing that, look, we, people are too swayed. They're too swayed by things that don't matter. Whether it's the, whether it's the party line or whatever it is, putting the, you know, we're living in an age of tyranny. We are being ruled by big government. I don't know. There's any way to, we're not united. I don't feel I look as a Texan. I don't feel united with California. Most of it, at least their bureaucracy. I don't I don't feel united with New York or Northern Illinois, Oregon, Washington. It's, it's a frustrating deal. I mean, that's the world we're living in right now. You know, I, I've, I don't want to get into that, but I, it's just, it's a frustrating deal. Catherine Skovborg says, as a Gen Zer, I don't think many understand how incredibly woke Gen Z is. They despise capitalism, love abortion, and are very energized to vote. This will continue to have a big impact. It's actually a, a relative, relatively new phenomenon because for a while, uh, Gen Z actually was slightly more conservative, according to the polls, was four years ago. What I think changed is TikTok. Mm-hmm. So this is a, a strategy that's been around for a long time, and I'll explain to you how it works. You make a mobile app. You run advertisements at uh, uh, of, of people on it doing things. You hire actors, you take posts, you make videos. You advertise it to high schools. Kids sign up for it. 
You give those kids fake followers, fake likes and fake comments to make them feel validated. And then they start saying something like, whoa, I'm on I'm on Rudkowski space and I've got 5000 followers on, on Instagram. I only have 100. I'm going to keep using Rudkowski space. Then they go to their <laughs> friends and they're in high school and their friends are like, uh, you know, uh, I posted this on Instagram. I don't use Instagram. You don't? No, I'm on Rudkowski space. Why? I got 5000 followers. How many followers do you have? What? You have 5,000 followers? Yup. Oh, dude, I just gained another 100. And they're all fake. Mm -hmm. But these kids don't know this. Then all the other kids in the high school are like, I'm going to sign up. Dude, sign up. And I'll I'll shout you out and you'll get followers. The company gives them more and more fake accounts. Eventually, you end up with kids who think they have a million followers. All the, the comments are fake. But this attracts the real high school kids to go on it. Then you algorithmically feed only the ideology you want those kids to have. It's like Asher yeah. kind of. Super easy. I was uh, I was talking to people about this uh, 2016. 20, no, I'm sorry. I was talking about, I was talking about people uh, about this in 2013. Because we made a mobile app called uh, Tagly in uh, 2013. And it was uh, it's an app where it doesn't exist anymore. It might still exist. But you take a picture and it automatically includes metadata. So mm-hmm. it'll say a text, text you want to include, like your, your Twitter handle, time, date, location, all through the phone. Take the picture. It's instantly there. You can post it. And it was context for journalists. And we were talking about creating a social component. And, uh, you know, basically people were, were telling me it's impossible to make a new mobile app. That's a social network. You're, it's a waste of time. And I explained to them, like, dude, I used to work in nonprofit fundraising. Let me tell you what you're doing wrong and explain how this works. We don't want to do it. But I'm like, this is what these companies do. We know other companies have done it. This is how they do it. It's crazy, right? So I'm all for brainwashing as long as it um, benefits me. So why don't you start a new app? <laughs> because people won't use it. Oh, I mean, and so, give all those high schoolers the fake followers, and then we feed them some. That's how the game nice works. I believe. Uh, I believe the CEO of Reddit admitted to running bot accounts to comment on people's posts on Reddit to make it seem like they had users when they didn't. They're getting engaged. So they, exactly. So people would be like, oh, people are talking to me. I'll use this app. Mm-hmm. Think about what. You, so l- let me ask you, do you think the government hasn't implemented that plan to control the minds of young people? Of course they have. Yeah, absolutely. Of course they have. And, we and, know in 20, I'm, I'm sorry, it was in okay. 2011, I believe, we learned the U.S. government was purchasing fake accounts from private security contractors to uh, mimic real people. They're called sock puppets. Mm-hmm. So they can control public opinion. Yeah. Elon Musk bought Twitter and they're all too salty about that because that means they got to pay eight bucks for every bot they want to operate. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Elon knows what's up. They're pissed. That's why they're like, we're going we're gonna to investigate this national security. And you're going to pay eight bucks. And it's going <laughs> to be for every account. And have y'all noticed that when you get on Twitter, if you go to the verified deal, like it used to be blue check people only. Like you can check now it's your, garbage. your mentions. And now and then you had, or you had your followers, you had your mentions, and then you had verified. And if you get through there, they were all verified blue check mark people. Now it's... Random. I don't. I don't know how the hell they're supposedly verifying. I mean, there's they're a dude not, with 18 person, they're not, 18 no, no, followers no, no, no. that are showing up in the deal. This is and, this, this is a terrible mistake Elon made, and yeah. hopefully he fixes it. When I was excited for him opening up verification, it was not that he would just say you can pay eight bucks and you are verified. It was that people had to prove they were a person. They were a real person. Now what's happened is there's been a bunch of accounts that have imitated Nintendo and other companies, and his response is, "LOL, we banned them and they paid me." And I'm like, dude. A lot of people I know who are verified have complained about this. And all the people who complained, we agree verification should be open to everybody. The problem is, 
you used to be able to go to your, your, if you're verified, you can go to a verified only tab and click it and see only verified accounts, commenting, liking, sharing, etc. So a lot of these were your colleagues, your friends, people you worked with or people you needed to hear from. Now you go on and it's like troll smasher 53 and they're, they're posting slurs or they're, they're doing whatever. They're saying a lot of nonsense. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people who are saying things that are fine, but I already had a mentions tab. I don't need mentions tab too. I can't use them. So right. I've got 1.4 million followers on Twitter. My mentions tab is useless. I go to it. It's just chaos. The verified tab was neatly ordered because it was only a, a smaller, it was a much, much smaller amount of people interacting with me. Now it's just a spattering mess of yeah. tens of thousands or whatever. It doesn't make any sense. So at watch it. Chad at Lone Star CJ. <laughs> but uh, so Elon needs to fix this. The other thing is Elon really doesn't understand um, so these social components uh, to to gamification. Right now, if you are a uh, if you were previously verified, if you click someone's verification badge, it will say this account is verified for being notable in these spaces. Mm-hmm. If you're Twitter Blue verified, you click it, it'll say this account is verified for subscribing to Twitter Blue. That has created an elite versus pleb system already. Mm-hmm. Elon responded to this by saying, we are going to get rid of it. It's going to say legacy verified could be real or could be bogus. And then it's going to say blue. That was the stupidest thing he could have said, in my opinion. And I like Elon. I'm not trying to be mean. But when he announced that there will be limited edition Twitter accounts, that's what he did. I was like, yo, you just made it infinitely, exponentially more elite versus pleb. It's one thing to say this person was a news personality, so we verified him. It's another thing to say that you're an OG with a never with with a badge that can never be attained. Unique, limited edition, only <laughs> for you. I was like, you think I'm gonna sign up for Twitter Blue and lose a legacy badge? Dude, I got if I had a if I, I used to have a bunch of first edition Charizards from back in the day. <laughs> yeah, it's useless, but first edition Charizard? Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Elon basically what he needs to do is make all of the badges the same. In fact, he, what he should do right now is he should delete every legacy badge. All of them. And then say, sign up for Twitter Blue if you want a badge. Hmm. But in, instead, it's like, bro, you want to tell me I'm going to have that, you know, that rare limited edition can never be achieved? Wow. It's yeah. like, I, I used to play World of Warcraft, and there are items you can only get that were promos and stuff. It's like, those are, those are you keep those, man. Those are amazing. Yeah. Elon wants to put a badge on my account that no one else can ever get ever? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Why would you get rid of it? Yeah. Never. Yeah, I don't know. The, the frustrating thing about it is... It, if, if it was easy for people to go out there and get a large following on social media, then everybody would do it, right? There's a reason certain people do that, and it happens. Whatever nerve they struck or whatever chord they strummed, it resonated with people, and they got it. You're, you're in essence, taking away all that work that went into building that following, right? And you're giving a certain verification badge to people who, again, like I said— the, the you know the person with 18 followers and a and a cartoon avatar as a profile picture that who knows who you are or why exactly. or why what he's what just are you monetizing to the table I think what he's trying to do is by putting a a pressure on bots it, it it gets rid of them the idea is that you need to sign up through a credit card so you know that verification means it's a real person but that's not this is my mistake but I were thought the bots even the blue check marks it seems like the bots would be just like the Regular people in the comments. They are there. I thought what what he was going to do is he was going to be like, you sign up, then you set your name, 
send in your ID, and now we know who you are who you are. Mm-hmm. I thought he was verifying human beings. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he was going to make like, you know, Domino Man Pizza Guy 43 with a picture of a cat eating waffles verified. Yeah. Because you've, we've already seen people pay. All, all, that, all that he's doing is making it so the spammers and the bots have to pay him money to do it. Mm-hmm. I get it. He's going to make a lot of money off, and he's probably betting on that. But it doesn't make the user experience good. It makes it bad. Mm, true. All right, let's grab. Uh, we'll, we'll grab just a couple more today. I mean, a, a couple more right now. Amber Black says, "Pool Rudkowski, 2024." <laughs> what do you say, Luke? Shall we? No, I'm never going to happen. Never, never going to happen. <laughs> I think if like people voted to force Luke to run, he would flee to Mexico. Well, I don't know. Mexico is pretty beautiful, but yeah, <laughs> I like. Chidon. I like Mexico. Tehran. All right. PJ says, everyone tweet hashtag Kid Rock Timcast and ask T- Kid Rock to come on Timcast IRL and play We the People Don't Tell Me How to Live and Born Free. That'd be cool. I'd be down for that. The new, the new studio is going to have a music section. Mm. Excuse me. We're going to build out an area where we can do live music. So it's going to be really great and uh, fix lighting and sound and all that good stuff. My friends, if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, become a member at TimCast.com. We're going to have a members only show coming up for you at about 11 p.m. And we're going to be selecting random members who comment and send them keepsakes from the show, like post-it notes written by Milo himself and other knickknacks. And also, this is the last one. The last time I will ask you to support our song because it's over. In two hours, Billboard will stop tracking the song, and we're hoping to smash into the Billboard Hot 100. It's a big ask, but it would be great if we could say, you know, our second song, it was directly insulting you, and people liked it so much, it charted. Please write about how much people don't like you. <laughs> the press release we put out was, was a sarcastic insult to journalists for all the problems they've created. And uh, go to losingmymind.com. You can listen to the song is a big chart with lists of all your favorite platforms. You can buy the song Genocide, Losing My Mind by Timcast on iTunes. It's 69 cents. That really helps the most. And you can listen to the song and watch the hilarious music video on YouTube. This is it. It's the last promo. So this is the last chance. So uh, thank you all so much for your support with, uh, with our, our first song, our second song. I really do appreciate it. You can follow the show at Timcast IRL. You can follow me at Timcast. CJ, do you want to shout anything out? Um, yeah, you can follow me at Lone Star CJ, and I want everyone to go check out the Real Women's Club. Realwomensclub.com. Realwomensclub.com. Brand new. It is. What's your website? Um, you can find me at watchchad.com. Uh, headed over to Port Charlotte, Florida next week, doing five shows in four nights, Vasani Theater. And, of course, the Chad Prather Show on Blaze TV, or just the Chad Prather Show on uh, YouTube. Sweet. Chad Prather. Thank you guys so much for right coming on. on. This was awesome. This was really fun. My YouTube channel is We Are Change. I've been doing videos there for 14, 15 years. Lots of crazy videos on there. I'm really proud of the video I did today. Check it out. I'll be answering comments on there right now. YouTube.com forward slash We Are Change. And I'll see you guys in the comments. I'm sure.com. We'll see you all over at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out. Cheers. <laughs>